I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? You know, so that I'm like, well, I'm not really sure what that means, but it's the new hip <laughs> thing just, or something. You just nod and, yeah, yeah, cool. My, let's... my brother-in-law kind of keys me in with a bunch of it because nice. he's kind of the younger hipster guy. But yeah. for me, yeah, it's kind of like, well, what was that again? Like, yeah, I, like... I won't ever use it. It'll just be like, okay. Is there know. is there a word that you've heard that you like that you remember that just didn't sit well with you? Oh, shit. No, I mean, I, I could probably... I remember the... Uh, the 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 Helias or whatever a long time ago like when people were from California it seemed to be a big thing about it like mm. um, but no I mean between just shortening words like fam and <laughs> you know the yeah. I'm a, like the you know the they're just using the abbreviations from the text world because that's how most people communicate I guess now oh, so they're so just weird. used to that that's I'm not I, I fought a lot of the texting and a lot of that stuff for years so. Yeah. It uh, seems to be evolving, too, because yeah. I didn't realize how different it had gotten until, like, a day or two ago. Katie just got an iPhone for the first time. Do you use iPhone, Android? Yeah. Okay, so you might be kind of familiar with, like, the different types of messages you can send. Like, if you hold the send button, it send like, it gives you options. You can do, like, invisible ink, or now the oh, thing's wow. moving. Nope, right? see, I'm, I'm a pretty tech retard. I mean, I've always <laughs> had Apple stuff, yeah. but I don't use half of the shit that's on it. I yeah. Just, yeah, and I had been made aware of that stuff, and I didn't realize that I just it just became part of texting for me. Like I'm not super big into it either. I just yeah. know that it exists and I was showing Katie all of these things and it just blew my mind how far it's come. It's not oh, yeah. just simply sending messages. Yep. You're like, there are multiple animations. You can send gifts and things. Yep. Like, you don't even have to type half the shit anymore. So it's like it, you yeah, know, like auto fill and all that stuff. And yeah. you know, get spoiled with that and you get look back like, fuck, that's not anywhere close to what I meant to say. You know, it's <laughs> like, why did they respond like that? And then you actually read it and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah that there, came out completely wrong. Yeah. There are things like that too, where it's like, uh, you know, write two words or something and then let the predictive text take over or mm-hmm. just keep hitting the letters yeah. or the, the words rather yeah. that show up. And you can come up with some pretty wild yeah. things. Yeah. I, I hate how accurate the predictive text is sometimes. Gentlemen, yeah. we are <laughs> live <laughs> before Hello. you uh, give away your deepest and darkest secrets. Hello, world. So, <laughs> we always well, seem to start I, the show on secrets. I was uh, <laughs> talking about predictive text. Like, I, it knows what I'm going to say. Like, this morning, I was writing my message to the group about the, the weather, and I uh, wrote, there's a bit. Uh, no, I said, there's a bit of, and I was going to say patchy fog, because that's just the way that my brain thinks. And I, the moment I typed the word of, it knew patchy was going to be the next word. It just knew. So I got really upset and changed what I was going to say. <laughs> my s- stupid robot phone knows me too well. I am changing up my whole fucking vocabulary so my phone doesn't know what it's saying. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, for sure. It's so convenient, like with uh, composing emails, like on Gmail, like it'll write the whole Latin rest of the line that I was yeah. going to say. It helps me because I can't spell anything. So that's, <laughs> like, I, I just t- like start with, you know, partial words and hopefully yeah. like, is that what I'm meaning to say? I think it is. Like, yeah. we'll go with it. So and on the if auto- not, you just blame it on the autocorrect. Like, for sure. It's yeah. not at all what I meant it's to say. It's a perfect scapegoat. <laughs> and yeah, if you ever get to the point where you're, uh, do you ever have to write things down on pen and paper? It's very short and sloppy, but yeah, yeah I use a lot of little stick it notes, like, you know, for my store runs, things like that, just because yeah. I tend to forget things. I do stuff like that too, and I feel like I'm getting worse by yeah. the day. When it comes what's to like horrible is again that phone that we were talking about earlier. It has like a notepad thing, and I 
Like, I'll search for paper and a pen. I'm like, oh, yeah, my phone's right here. <laughs> Man, I just love to write. I love yep. to write a thing down. I feel like when I write, it's almost like even though no one ever reads the things that I write, like my notes, my lists, everything's always just right. for me. But I still, because I'm writing it, I feel like I'm, and I, you know, I don't have a backspace button. I'm forced to think it out a little bit more clearly right. and, and make it a good sentence uh, that would be communicated to someone else well if they were to read it. Right. So I think it forces me to slow down, use my brain, and uh, be more clear and concise with what I want to say. Yep. Because, man, it's way faster to type a whole page of text than it is right. to, to write it out. Yeah, I think you remember it better, too, if you write it, just going through that one other step of yeah, that's seeing it, say. making yourself do it. It, it. it helps me if just rewriting the same note that I read, reading it does not stick with me nearly as well. So repeating it in some way, shape, or fashion definitely helps. Yeah. Well, for anyone listening who hasn't recognized the uh, beautiful deep voice <laughs> that's coming through, we got Kevin Craig on the show this evening. Well, what? You know, What's uh, up? Hey, that's <laughs> sick. <laughs> DJ had that you scheduled to come on uh, a few weeks back. Maybe is that a month ago now? Yeah, because it was right before the film festival. Yeah, it was yeah, somewhere around a month ago. ago. Maybe maybe yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, Sounds six right, weeks maybe. ago. Because I couldn't be here because I had to finish my edit for the film festival. That's it. And wow. I said, hey, no, we, you can't do Kevin Craig without me. Because <laughs> I've always wanted to do Kevin Craig. Well, that's flattering in multiple ways. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think of people who you know who I've seen comment on too many shows sure. when, when we're doing them live. Yep. Like, man, you're, you're that guy. Yeah, I've, it's great. I've, I've been a, a watcher and follower for since the beginning, I guess, really. So, yeah. Do you think you can comment on your own show? Do you have your phone on you? We could do the little... <laughs> I do, yeah. I don't know if that's like weird or not, but... Yeah, we don't have to. Just ideas <laughs> I'm confused to like who's actually going to comment on anything tonight. You're here. All right. Now, um, I, for me, it was... I've wanted to have you on for quite a while, and I've just wanted to save a good reason. For, you're, you're an interesting dude. You're one of the guys on the drop zone that I find time to stop and talk to. You're just a guy who's easy to get along with. Uh, as Alex points out, we look like ballpoint pens. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the hairdo yeah. thing. Yeah, we talked about that. And I, I know you're a fan of the show, and I actually kind of like having people who enjoy the show being on the show because it's just it's a fun pro- it's, it's an experience to share together. Right. And then you uh, quit your full-time job and became a full-time skydiver. Right. And for me, it became the perfect time because we'll never stay on topic, and you know that. But yep. at some point tonight, <laughs> I, I want to look at that. You have been skydiving for how long? Uh, about eight and a half years. Eight and a half years. So it's, it's quite a while. And you had, I would say, an established career before skydiving as a job. Yeah, I was a uh, motorcycle business, as most people know, for almost 24, 25 years. So I just want to, I'll stop there. That's the thing I want to drag out tonight. That's the thing we'll kind of get back and forth to mm-hmm. is that much skydiving experience and that much life experience. It's rare that we see somebody transition into full-time skydiving with that much uh, wisdom. Nice way to call you old. Okay. <laughs> um, and so how has your skydiving background affected this change? How, how is the, the bike world? I, I really want to see the insight because I came into this as a young man. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to really kind of share all of our stories to how we came into full-time skydiving. Nick, we've done it before, but it's actually been quite a while. Oh, does anyone care? Uh, short, <laughs> version, <laughs> short version. Uh, owned a business with a couple friends. Our one-year anniversary of being in business, we wanted to do something crazy. That crazy thing was skydiving. And, uh, yep, kept doing it. I didn't mean right now, but over time, <laughs> we're, we're going to just kind of... Yeah, I don't have that to do mine. Version, good. Yeah, that was good. 
But anyways, back to it. So uh, when did you quit uh, working and start skydiving full-time? Um, that was really, I guess, I'd have to think when that course was. was um, September-ish, I think. Uh, Mid-September is when the course was. But um, this has been something that's been on my radar for literally years, I'd say, shortly after I got my coach rating, um, which was just educational, and then it just evolved from there. I started doing a lot of uh, mentor jumps when you guys invited me to the mentor program, and uh, to me, once I just started having those light bulb moments, if you will, with people that are struggling with something, and you just help them get it, and you see how much they're enjoying skydiving, and one of the big things I always think back to is my first tandem, and the experience that I only got to share with that tandem instructor, which was DQ, took me on both of my tandems. And I think that's why I like Canopy so much to date. It's <laughs> nice. just because of the time chatting with him. Uh, underneath the Canopy, I was quickly like, he was like, hey, you like motorcycles? So, hey, here's how we can light this thing up. And I'm like, okay, this is kick-ass. How yeah. can I do this by myself? And was back literally the next week taking ground school. So, um, you know, the skydiving thing literally just, I guess I should back up to the motorcycle business. Um, when I got out of the military, um, I was doing a job, a typical office job. I hated it. it was like office space. If anybody's ever seen that movie, it's one of my favorite cult movies just because I lived that for like a year, complain about it all the time to my father. And uh, he was the one that said, well, son, if you can figure out something that you know you can do that doesn't seem like work, that's the best living that you could have regardless of the money. And he was like, what do you do when you're on your break or anytime you're not at work? And it was talk about motorcycles or be at the races. He's like, well, why don't you go down to the Honda shop and see if you can get a job? I'm like, well, I didn't, it was a money thing at that point. And, and he convinced me that Man, it sh- shouldn't be about the money. It should be about your happiness, blah, blah, blah. And so that's where I got into the motorcycle business. So I think we all kind of know what direction that goes now. Cause once I did my first tandem, I was literally waiting to buy another motorcycle to go racing and it literally consumed me that I waited for my wife who did the tandem the same day and said, Hey, uh, I think I want to come back next week and do this ground school instead of buying another motorcycle. Are you good with that? Cause I, I quickly had already done the math that, okay, motorcycle versus school and gear. Like DQ told me how much the gear would cost. So I quickly had a number of 10 grand, mm-hmm. which was what I would have spent on a motorcycle. And, um, just switched hobbies and from that it just escalated and you know for one time probably within a couple of years especially once I started coaching and mentoring was all of my free time was at the drop zone my buddies that I used to ride with were like hey you want to go on a motorcycle ride this weekend no I'd rather be the drop zone and so that job that used to never be work because that was my passion now was becoming work and it was really, really tough the past, the last probably five years. And the job didn't change. It was just really my attitude towards that job. And like, you know, when I'd get a guy come in, there was a skydiver. It was like, I was excited to talk to that guy. The guy that just came in and wanted to tell me about his super bike and all the carbon fiber stuff he put on it. Didn't mean nearly as much to me anymore. I'm like, ah, I don't really care. Like, <laughs> you should check out this guy's canopy. That's, you know, just... And so I saw where just everything was changing and, and, um, you know, chatted with the wife. Um, she kind of knew cause she was like, look, you're bringing work home with you for the first time in like 20 years. You got to figure out something else to do. And 
when you've done something for 20 years, that's kind of tough. Sometimes you just think, man, am I in a position I can do anything else? And then thought back when my dad was ill and chatted with him while we were helping him out. And he was just like, well, son, you figured out how to do it in motorcycles. Just figure out something in skydiving. He said, is that even possible? Can you make a living? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I can. There's guys that do it. I had no idea what that was, but um, I then started just chatting with people, kind of get small expectations and thought, okay, I just need to get myself to a position where I can do this and make sense, uh, both from a financial level and just a personnel level. Obviously, the wife and the family having to be all in the same boat with it. And so it started from a camper that I bought. So I would already have something here that I could park knowing that there. And then financially it was like, okay, our last car payment was going to be paid off. The house was going to be situated right. So financially I went into it, as I've mentioned to Nick, like the first week when I started working, I didn't even know how we got paid. And he was like, I'm sorry, nobody explained that to you. But I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, but you know, uh, the goal was to hopefully work my way into the rotation by the end of the year. Um, so getting invited early that I'm way ahead of what my schedule was, but, um, I literally, I, I set myself up to where I didn't need to make any money this year. So the fact that I already am is cool. I'm just leaving it on there because it's like, cool. I can get a real perspective of what to do. That way I can adjust how we spend our finances. Mm-hmm. Um, but we set it up to where my wife who still has her normal job, um, we can pretty much pay everything we need to on her salary. So mine, anything I can bring to the table is just icing on the cake. So I didn't want to have to be stressed out about it and be worried about this or that. I just wanted to be able to come into it and just start a new career knowing I'm a, I'm at the bottom end of the totem pole, if you will, you know, so I've got a, I'm the new guy once again. Um, after being in something for 20 years and being, uh, you're the senior guy that a lot of people come to. And now I'm kind of that junior guy where I'm learning <laughs> everything all over again. And it's, it's it's at a different, weirder level, if you will, because as you guys know, you guys have been in this business longer. This business is nothing like what I've been used to, other than it's a fun sport like motorcycles. But mm-hmm. even the shop was a little more structured than, you know, what skydiving is, you know, by by all means. But um, so it's an adjustment period, but I, I, I still find myself chuckling like, it's some of the stuff that just goes on and some of the talk at the drop zone. I'm like, wow, these people are really <laughs> worried about some of this stuff. I'm like, man, I said, go, go work at the shop for a couple of weeks, you know, and see right. what you deal with. I mean, go back to the real absolutely. world for a minute right. see how you know, hard any of this is. Yeah, it's, I think people forget how good they have yeah, at a job it, like that, that we it do. It really is. Know? I mean, the, the fact that, you know, I take somebody for their first or second jump and get paid for it to me is kind of funny. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's it's cool too because from an out, outside perspective, you know, we we work together at Spaceline, mm-hmm. of course. For the, for the people who don't know, you can see people who are excited, and that kind of stuff is infectious to me. Yes, I tend to flock towards people who have that more positive mindset, and you can just tell when people have pep in their step, and it just yeah. infects all of us. Yeah. So I love seeing that in somebody, whether it's new guy, old guy, whatever. Like if yeah. someone has that energy, I want to be around them, and you can definitely tell that like. Man, every time I see you on the drop zone, you're pumped about it. Well, it just, makes me pumped about that's it. That's the thing that I, I I don't understand sometimes is when, you know, we see some of those people there and it's like, and I get it, you know, it's like we always had them in the shop. There's always people that, okay, maybe you've been doing this too long or maybe you just need to do something else or try something else and realize, oh, maybe this is what I really want to do. No. Um, but to me, to sit there and be miserable doing something, that's where I was getting to be in the motorcycle business, which 
the reality is it's motorcycle business. It's nine to six. That's not mm-hmm. super, but yet people can't get to work there on time either. So it's <laughs> like, you know, here it's kind of like we have this call thing and it's like, which is really cool, but, um, you know, it's like the meeting we had there the other day. I still just feel like, ah, eh, just I'm, I'll stay quiet because you know to me and I just yeah. laugh. I'm like, man, I'm used to having to be there whether anything's there or not. If it's a rainy sure. day, hell, nobody rode their fucking motorcycle in there either. But <laughs> we still had to be there because it's still a retail store, and it was. Um, so to me, to even have any flexibility with that is super awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I'm good with whatever we. I think the, what we came up with, I think seems to be working good where the weekend rotation kind of thing great but the weekend of just like having to be there and just like it takes me two minutes to walk across yeah that that trailer is a sweet setup right that's no commute absolutely i mean because otherwise i'm an hour or so away so when i do kind of rotate on my days off you know i'll normally just let them know at, at the front depending on what's there that day coming back hey i might be nine or ten o'clock so unless yeah. there's a couple of walk-ins at eight or something hey i might be late but they, everybody's been super cool with it it's like nice when i say something to hank he's like man you're the only guy that even tells me anything so i appreciate that <laughs> so that's great man yeah. i think that that's a it's a it is a great reminder for how uh you know how how space lance Boyle does kind of rub off on everybody that uh, you know it's a really great place to have fun i think it's a really great place to work and uh man it makes me just like what uh what alex was saying man it makes me super energized to see someone with the level of energy and excitement uh that that you have well i appreciate that and and sometimes that's that's the new guy energy but man sometimes that's just the right person doing the right thing yeah Yeah. and uh, man i really i really hope that 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 holds out and i have no doubt that it will Did, did you start skydiving first or did your wife uh we both did same time we we did the tandem same day uh bucket list like most folks. And then, um, she started later. Um, like I said, I was here the next week in ground school. She was like, eh, yeah, I'm, uh, you go ahead, do your thing. You know, she, I was just switching hobbies literally. And for her, she never really had any hobby like that. And then, um, but watching some of my STP videos, cause I would always take them home, watch them and kind of go doing my homework or whatever. And she really started kind of getting curious. The more she watched those videos, it was like, Hey, you know what? Maybe I think I want to try it. And I was like, like jumping up and down going, okay, right on. But I didn't want to like pressure her to do it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's certainly one of those things. No different than motorcycles. You see it. And I'm like, I'm not going to force her to come do something for me. Uh, In fact, I think when me and DJ met early on, like she was halfway or going through STP where she had some struggles. And when we would come into the hangar, she would go to the STP area and I would go out the other hangar door and just kind of hang out and do my own thing Mm -hmm. and i think he just kind of approached me at the fence like he'll do hey hey, what's up you know how you doing i'm dj introduced himself and and uh you jump in you do it's like oh well just you know my wife's over here's like who's your wife and what's her oh wow yeah i didn't even realize that and i was like well i don't i literally that whole time was like i couldn't go and tell her anything um i think you know with all of us here with you know uh other uh, individuals at home, you know, I think we all got to understand that, you know, there's things that we, somebody else can say to them, but, you know, us, we can't, you know, and especially sure. in something like that. She, I didn't have too many struggles, so she watched all my videos and think, oh, he made it look easy. And then <laughs> she <laughs> had some major struggles that, you know, um, she would, and everybody I think here knows her, you know, she beats herself up more than anybody else, but yeah. um, she, uh, she had to overcome way more. And to me, when I see people that do that, that's, again, one of the things I love with tandems is 
so many people, it's just a bucket list thing. And it mm-hmm. is, they're conquering something within themselves, you know for what I mean? Sure. And uh, it was huge for her. I mean, she was, I think, was it three when they let you go the first time? She got yeah, hung up on that right. one. Yeah. I don't know how many times she repeated it. And they had the whole talk, hey, you know, maybe she go to the tunnel. So we went to the tunnel. She gets past that one, got hung up again on seven or something. But, you know, it was just one of those. But the big trigger to her was when one of her coworkers, um, who uh, <laughs> watched one of her videos and made the comment to her and said, well, see, Nicole, that's why black people aren't supposed to be skydivers. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when she came home that night, it was like, okay, the fire's lit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have to like incur her to do anything. It was like that was what she needed, I think, just to kind of yeah. fire her up. Wait, the, the, the person like, said this as a it. serious statement? Absolutely, yeah. You it was, said it was, one, was it one a, a co-worker you said? co-worker she worked with, one of the sales guys that she works uh, really? at, at the uh, motorcycle dealership. Wow. And uh, the the greatest part about that story is the same individual who kind of gave her flack for it. Of course, they they remain friends or whatnot. But he went to either a birthday party or an event later at iFly, and got in the tunnel for two minutes for whatever those like events are with his kids or whatnot, and realized at six six he's a big old guy how difficult it was. Yeah. And he came to work and was very apologetic to her. He wow, I had no idea, you know. But that is that is so cool she got some closure yeah. on that. Because yeah. a lot of times, like, you know, someone's an asshole and maybe that's where the story ends. Yeah. But the fact that however long yes. later he finally got a yep. taste of how difficult it can be, man, yep. that's, that's awesome. Yep. I, I was sure just because of the atmosphere we work in, I would say to Alex, like, yeah, that's why red-haired people aren't supposed to scan. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And like, <laughs> so I can only imagine someone yes. saying that as a joke, but yeah. man, that's... But doing it seriously and trying to convince someone to stop doing something, yeah. like that's, I can oh, see yeah. how that would light a fire no. under somebody's yep. ass. No, I mean, she's already competitive, and so it was just that one little thing that I think that, you know, sometimes you just need it from whatever angle, and it was... Yeah. Like I said, she was already, you know, fired up and determined to do it, but it was like, that was just that insult or that kick in the nuts you know that yeah. just said you know what oh okay fuck you you want to say that all right I'll yeah. sh- i'm gonna prove you wrong you know if nothing else because that's sick i you know it, everybody else was already encouraging her but it was like that was just what i think she needed to be like you know and we did the tunnel again and i think it was weekend i was doing the canopy course she came out and finally finished through the STPs, but she had nice. over 30 jumps, I think, by the time she got her license. When she uh, finally got that license, did you were you able to see the the sense the, the look of accomplishment on her when I she finished it? I saw it. Able to I saw it the it? night before. Uh, yeah, nice. and they kept updating me during the uh, canopy course. Like, hey, she made it past. Like, I, I'm not even worried about it. Nice. The night before, we had gone to the tunnel. That was her third time, I think, in the tunnel. And uh, with John Barry, her and John Barry get along. Yeah. They're like they both sound like SpongeBob. So I mean, <laughs> it's they. I mean, it is literally do you know? And she's a huge SpongeBob yeah. you know fanatic. And she did some time with him. The first one got over the hump and did some time with somebody else in between there and just didn't really gel as well. And so we made sure it was John going into that last time. Yeah. And somewhere in between their session, she was just she literally just picked herself up. You know, and started floating up, and just started smiling, and you just saw the light nice. go off, and yeah, and so I think for me, it, you know, I was forty, fifty or something jumps, um, had not even been in the tunnel, but to visually see somebody's light bulb moment, like yeah. even there, was pretty cool, and I was like, oh yeah, she just figured it out. Whatever it was she needed, she just finally relaxed, yeah, 
in the air, which we say over and over again, all you need to do is relax, right? But mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing for most people to do. And do, you, so. do you remember the first time you guys actually got to jump together? Uh, yeah, it would have been, I'm sure, weekend of that course, um, probably that same day. And uh, we just launched a two-way out of it. I think I just drug her out of the plane, you know, shoulder to shoulder. I remember Hank or somebody just laughing, going, oh, my God, that's just, you know, the don't, classic, don't rip like... her shoulders out, you know. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, I, I know we did just a quick one uh, shortly after that. But then, um, you know, even then we would kind of mix it because we were both always participating in the mentor program. And I was constantly with the big guys trying to learn how to go slower. And she was trying to do the opposite. So, uh, and we knew that that was more important to where, Hey, at the end of the day, we'll be able to fly together, you know, more reasonably. So really the first hundred jumps for either one of us, we didn't do it as often, but I know early on it was just, okay, Hey, we both got it just to go say, Hey, we've both jumped together now, which was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, we both learned early on that the uh, mentor program was certainly we wanted to take as much advantage of that as we could. So you yeah, know, absolutely. It seems like you you might be the top of the list of people who have given back to that mentor program. The the someone someone that took good advantage of it on their way up, and someone who's who's given a lot on the on the way back. You know, uh, the lovely Miss uh, Kavita. Mm-hmm. Yep, she was hanging out at the drops when we were on the back porch, and she. Uh, had been there for a little bit, yep. and I was like, well, "Why don't you go get on a load?" She's like, "Oh no, I'm waiting for Kevin. I'm not going <laughs> to jump until Kevin gets here." Yeah. So, man, uh, th- I'm not sure if that was before or after I uh, knew that you were interested in being a, a tandem instructor. But man, I I knew, I knew when you told me. I I honestly was so excited that you told me you wouldn't you wanted to be a tandem instructor. I kind of mm-hmm. thought you were kidding. Right. I kind of thought you that were you very were, quick to respond. Which, that you were messing with me, me. but. Um, but it made me feel good because, uh, you know, especially with everything going the way it was, literally going in the beginning of this year, or even late last year, we knew financially this was the year that it was going to happen. You know, the last couple of loans were going to be paid off. I was refinancing the house. Once that was done, I was, I was in. And some of it came up sooner from when my father had passed beginning of this year. Um, that kind of leapfrogged uh, forward uh, a little bit by about six months. And... So as I was just finishing processing all that, um, everything was just slow due to COVID and all the other stuff. And so when you put that message or whatever it was uh, uh, out on Facebook, I forwarded it to Nicole. I was like, hey, you think I should say something? She's like, you're planning on doing it by the end of the year. That's exactly what he's saying is if you're thinking about it, shoot him a message. I think I was sitting at the house and shot him a message or whatever. And uh, I don't even think I set the phone down and you you had replied already. Nicole was sitting there. She was like, that him already? is like, yeah, actually it is. She was like, well, that's kind of cool. You know, if, you know, if, you know, I was like, yeah, so that's kind of exciting. So then it was just a matter of just putting my head down and getting, getting it going. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, it was already there. I was actually working on a lot of the AFF stuff beforehand. Um, had already gotten all my new books to do that and just switch gears to the tandem, you know, first, because that's nice. what he said he needed. And then of course, by the time everything got done, you guys were somewhat f- more fully staffed. So, um, but it wasn't a big deal because, again, going back to, I guess, your question, I think was I literally quit work the week before the tandem course, which I think was like the second, first or second week of September because uh, I, d- I didn't want to have to try to go back and forth or be like, hey, I'm going to take vacation for a week to go take this course and then quit right after because <laughs> yeah. I already knew that's what I was going to be doing. So it, mm-hmm. at that point, I said, hey, once everything was lined up, it was just a matter of be like, okay, 
uh, let the job know. I was like, hey, uh, this next week's going to be your two weeks, whatever it was. You know, it's going to be my last day. And uh, I'm like, what? what? I was like, yeah, I kind of been mentioning it a little bit. But um, so, uh, yeah, I, I literally took that a week off in between just so I could kind of detox a little bit and just kind of mentally get myself ready for it. Um, had some projects to do around the house, so I wasn't sweating when I got through the course that everything was kind of filled up. And then, so I just kept hanging out around the, the drop zone anyway, just figured, Hey, if I can get some in, get the probationary jumps or whatever done. Um, cause they were kind of adamant about that. And so I just kept hanging around and like Hank asked me after a couple of days, like, man, you want to go full time? I'm like, yeah, whatever. I said, I, I quit my <laughs> other job. He's like, you already quit the other job. I'm like, yeah, I did that before the course. <laughs> I know I've said this to a few people before, but I said, I'm not sweating it though. I said, I'm just, you know, yeah. Whatever it happens, it happens. I forget. There's a couple guys that went back out of town or something, mm-hmm. and so they were like, "Hey, you know, if you, yeah, if you want to, come on." And then it was like a day later, I was in in a rotation. So I, I do wonder how serious Hank was when he asked you that question. Of like, maybe he almost asked you, thinking that you weren't ready to to do that yet. I I don't know yet because he kind of seemed it, and then you know he he quickly let more of the cat out of the bag afterwards, saying, "Yeah, we were already talking about it before the course. You know that hey, if we could get you to to go through and do it, I was like." But, uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of that hearing it, especially from those guys, Hank, especially Hank's, you know, he's done pretty much, I say all of my ground schools from the very first one to my coach rating one. I sit through another one of his there again. So, uh, he's always Papa Hank. The first jump I ever got to do with him, (laughs) he was a front ride. Sick. So that was kind of cool and a, and a fun experience, you know, it was the first jump to ever jump with a guy and he's on the front with me. So. Yeah. Uh, although I wasn't super excited about it at first because I was like, oh, great. <laughs> I get the biggest uh, guy of the instructors to go on the front. And so yeah. after doing a solo, uh, you know, on the equipment, and then I'm now just dub- doubled my wing load for the first time. I'm like, all right, this is going to be interesting. So yeah. it was, uh, but uh, it, it was fun. And he certainly helped because he is the type that will push you. And he pushed me and mm-hmm. we just cranked him out. And once I realized, okay, him is a bad student. Okay, a lot of other people aren't going to scare me as bad. So I think mm-hmm. that was good because I was a little nervous when he said, okay, our next jump, we're going terminal. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a meatball. Yeah, because <laughs> don't they kind of ramp up the progression? They're not going to give you the worst thing on jump number one. Right. Somebody on the front of you. Yeah, right? we they did kind of like this one or two kind of practice ones. They kind of talk you through it. I was really struggling with the uh, lower attachments and just really what I was doing wrong is I wasn't stowing the access correctly. And instead of like stopping and asking somebody, I just thought, Oh, I think I'm going to figure it out here yeah. on the plane. Well, I didn't. <laughs> and so I literally fed the whole end back through it. And so when I went to release it, literally just knotted one of them Did up nothing. on the right side and I couldn't literally get it back. So I fought it for most of the time, thank goodness Hank was flying the canopy because <laughs> I wasn't. And what did you say? That was uh, jump number one. That I that think the to first you? Like one, one or two. First or second. Second one, I still hadn't figured it out. Second one was the one that really knotted up. The first one, I just it. took me a long time to do it. Uh-huh. The second one completely just knotted it. I showed it to Hank, like, look, Hank, no, I, I really screwed <laughs> this up. And he's like, well, just put it back on. We'll, we'll sort it out. You know, okay. And then so we sat down in the packing room after that, and he was like, Look, here, as soon as I showed him what I did, he was like, oh, yeah, that's going to knot it up most every time. I'm like, that's wrong. That's what I figured was I was totally screwing something up. I knew it at that point. Uh And so we sat down. We practiced that a couple times. And um, everything through the free fall, though, was was perfect. So here I was only focused on what I was screwing up. Mm -hmm. I wasn't worried about the free fall part. And so he's like, okay, our next one, we're going to go terminal. I'm like, 
but I'm still working on those buckles. He said, that's under canopy. He said, you've got all the free fall start stuff good. Just yeah. we're doing it. And I'm like, okay, whatever it was. And, you know, maybe it was the fourth one. Like I said, I, I can't recall because we wound up doing, I did five, five jumps with him the front ride the first day. Mm-hmm. I did my front, my front ride, the solo, and then five jumps with him, seven jumps that first day. So I was like, I was a mental wreck by the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, that seems like a lot of new information coming in. And the way you're describing it now, it seems like there are multiple different stages, you yep. know. I am not a tandem instructor, so I've not yep. gone through the course, of course. But just hearing you talk about it, you know, there's, there's course, of course, of course, course, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. I'm happy I didn't stutter through that. I was, I was like, okay, I'm proud of myself. But um, yeah, so going through the course, it seems like you're learning all of this new gear, and now you're sort of, you know, you have an examiner with you, but you're still, yeah, you got to do the right things yep. and and take care of this person. Like, yep. how was Most, it? How was it switching into that mentality for those first couple the, of jumps? The biggest part to me really was the uh, the equipment. Uh, you're right. Is and most of that, as long as you you're, you've got all the manuals, you read through and study. And I was doing that yeah. my last two three weeks while I was at the old job. Yeah. And um, so I spent a lot of time doing that, just so I wouldn't have to really worry or stress about that. And most right. of that, you get the test all done. That by the time you literally get to those jumps, it's more of the you know, hey, just trust your arch, just arch. I mean, it's really a yeah. really simple skydive for the most part. Um, you know, and for me, especially taking another person, it's uh, from all the coach jumps that I was used to doing where you're, you're you know, herding the cattle, but the 10-minute call, and then you're trying to rehearse everything more than one time. You know, we, yeah. we don't do all of that with the tandem, so it's like, almost having to kind of dumb it down or just, you know, simplify it because mm-hmm. you're taking somebody on their first or second skydive. You know, I don't need to. That was the biggest problem I had, I think, is like I did one walkthrough with Fernando and we kind of kind of go through everything. And there was still like 15 minutes to go on a call. It's like, I feel like I'm forgetting. He's like, no, you covered everything. Just stretch it out. I was like, okay. That's, so it's just, you know, um, simplifying things but yeah taking the person you know for the ride is just a um i i don't think i was as nerve-wracked of that as i was just the equipment going through your handle touches and yeah. doing all that i mean i'm i'm just a believer in equipment once i've been taught it being the more mechanical side of it for sure and uh, i think that was probably the biggest thing is just hey knowing if it does this and they tell you over and over, and it just arch, arch, arch. And I, I really had to kind of teach myself to arch again because as a belly flyer, I don't have to arch much. I fly pretty <laughs> flat. Yeah. Um, so I was having to literally force myself to do that more. My lower back was definitely tight the, the to first use day. Use those muscles again. Yeah, just having to do it. I was like, well, all right. Yeah, I mean, it, but it works, you uh-huh. know. And so when I saw Hank and them kicking their legs down in uh, underneath you and you realize okay hey, if I fly through it yep just fly through it it's not it's not that bad but was, was there any specific point where you noticed yourself getting more comfortable with this uh, different gear configuration <laughs> the i was i was fairly comfortable with it i guess through the the ground part of the school okay. um just because i spent a lot of time just reading through the book because to me i knew i'm the type if i'm not very comfortable or aware of what's going on that i'm going to get I'll overthink it, and then that's when it just doesn't work well for me. And um, so I think that was probably the big thing was just, you know, spending the extra time. That way there you're prepared for it. That way there, hey, just adding a, a passenger, I'm just having to add those last couple steps. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing is, um, 
yeah, it's it's stressful going through it. I definitely say I didn't sleep well at all through the course. <laughs> I always, you know, there's just the mind play of all of it, you sure, know. For sure. Of knowing, A, I was, especially when you're, it's the examiners, you know, I mean, got thousands of jumps compared to me. And, um, you know, knowing they know when you when you screw something up. For sure. You know, I mean, you can, you know, kind of get away with it with somebody that doesn't know what's going on. But, you know, taking somebody that yeah. knows everything, you know, it's... uh that could be, you know, more nerve-wracking. And, and uh, you know, Hank and them did that all the way through, knowing, okay, hey, look, you know, one time right at opening, he had a hold of my, you know, reserve handle. He's like, look what I got. And he's, like, screaming at me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's <laughs> literally just reached up. He said, yeah, so he kind of showed me. It's just a tip where you can kind of block people's hands because, you know, people are going to start to reach up for you. So mm-hmm. a lot of little things to me like that that weren't in the book. Um, yeah. You know, just picking up the tips from those guys and all the experience we have at the drop zone, which is really nice. Definitely. Maybe I maybe I missed this when I stepped out. Uh, did you talk about who else took you uh, through your course? Um, like, who were the other instructors yep. that rode on the front for you? I had uh, Pedro. He was the examiner. Okay. And so um, Hank grabbed me the day that we separated out because there was three of us in the course, uh, Rolito and Salman. And um, so uh, Pedro and them were jumping with those. I jumped with Hank those first five, but then... Pedro, the next couple of jumps, because um, I think that's like an examiner thing or something where they typically want to take the person at least on the graduating jump or whatever. Um, and then uh, one of the a local fun jumper, Travis Mikes, he did one of the front rides for me, and then uh, Pedro did the last one because he wanted to show me how to fly basically without my hands, which was kind of cool, and we did a different diving exit nice. um, just to kind of show me some extra steps. So it was um, between him and Hank, they both kind of, I think the second day of the course said, you know, Hey, you know, you know, we can tell that I was at least prepared for the, the course and, uh, both kind of thank me just, you know, Hey, we appreciate you being ready. I'm like, I mean, I've been to me, that's the big thing is, you know, if it's something that I've been wanting to do, literally you can, you know, like most, I know DJ knows my buddy Farley. Um, we both work together at one of the older dealerships and he was always my hangout buddy anyway. So, I mean, even he knew, um, four or five years ago that this was going to be something that I was going to be doing. Um, you know, both between tandem, I still want to get my FF rating as well. Um, so just having those, those goals and then finally being able to put it in place. Um, to me, it's kind of cool. And I've just not really done much of that before in my life. I just kind of settled in wherever it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's cool having that uh, you know having your mind made up years yep. ago and now finally getting to put those things into yep. motion and I think it shows in how smoothly it seems that your course went I mean yeah you had a couple of hiccups and like some of the gear or like some of the things that you didn't know you didn't know for example like yep. with the reserve handle and Hank yep but it, it seems like you kind of went through it and and of course you were preparing that whole time but it's cool that you had your mind made up. And instead of just waiting for the day to come, like some people would have, yep. you still were proactive, trained up ahead of time. And then by the time it's time to go, you're you're good. Yep. You know, it's like, let's yep. go. Let's get this thing knocked out. So I, I did that in the coach course. The coach course, I nice. showed up completely unprepared. Yeah. And um, Oh, you're, you're a real skydiver after all. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, without <laughs> a doubt. Unprepared. It, well, it was just one of those. I don't even remember when or what made me think, hey, let's do it. Um, I'm sure it was a conversation with DJ or Val when I'm, hey, have you ever thought about getting coach rating or something? Hank, if Hank took you through your whole progression, Hank talked then, you into then it. Then probably, 100%. yep. You know, hey, yes. when are you going to do this course? And at first, I just kind of looked at it as well. All right, I guess just more education. And then, mm-hmm. um, 
But I, re- I mean, I did the required reading. I did the bare minimum, right? <laughs> I, I went through the stuff. I had the test done. But like when we got into like class, I, I really didn't realize like, oh, wow, I'm going to actually have to teach part of ground school. Man, this is a whole thing. I wasn't expecting uh, Yeah, this. totally. Yeah. And I was just like, crap. And I was in there with Josh Gerard, right? Which I think we all know Josh. And yeah. that guy aces everything. So I'm like, great. I got to go behind this guy. <laughs> he's, so, he's like a friendly version of Iceman. Yeah, right? You know, he, he, uh, you know he, he has everything just, you know, iced out and killed, you know? So I'm just like, okay, you're not going to go first anymore, Josh, after the first <laughs> presentation because nobody could follow that. And, uh, but yeah, it was just, yeah, mentally I didn't, really realize how how much just you know uh of the classroom stuff that there was i just thought oh it's another skydive course we can go to do some jumps and then you know so it uh, it was certainly more mental uh more of a mental game to me that i was i was mush especially after the first day where it's pretty much all classroom yeah i was just like oh wow i don't know really know if i want to do this i mean it's <laughs> like okay this is again that thing of like okay is this is going to be more work related not just fun right mm-hmm. but um it, uh, it, you know, I was in the middle of course at that point, uh, we got through it, but I was pretty stressed out and mentally wore out by the end of that, only doing the two or three jumps, whatever we did, plus the course in mm. three days. So, um, the tandem, when you get the, the list of the prerequisites and you get the test, you're like, Oh my God, it's like 140 something questions. You know what I mean? They're not just a, B, C or D, you know, you're having to like look stuff up. I mean, it's mm. a, um, it, uh, it was a different level. And so I'm like, but you know, Hey, this is. You're taking it to a totally different level at this point, you know, from having to go get the medical and do everything else. It was, uh, you know, it's like I don't, I don't want to waste my time doing it. If I'm going to do it, sure. I'm just either going to go all out and throw my best option at it to because I needed to know, hey, is this something I can do and make it work? Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I thought, okay. And then, like I said, when they invited me to the full time as as quickly as they did, I think I was kind of lucky by timing, but. Um, that was really made the transition that much easier. So now it's just, okay, I want to get as many jumps as I can this time of year because the weather's just not the, the most cooperative this time of year and the days are short. So the more I can get stacked on before the springtime, I'll be raring to go. Obviously, I still want to get the other rating but by then. So it gives me time in the slower season to kind of you know iron all that stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you've just gotten your tandem rating, let's yep. say. We're, we're right at that period of time. Now you're the new guy again coming from a, a job where you were, right. I want to say the old guy. That's not the right term, but you've been there a while. You know yep. the ropes. So what was it like transitioning mentally from somewhere you're very comfortable in a work setting and now you're the new guy all over again? I, I think the the biggest thing is, is for me, is it's like, like even watching the show, right? It's like I... I think the big reason that you guys have said it before watching the show, it's kind of like you feel like you get to hang out with some of the people you looked up to. Right. And so for me, I think it's pretty neat just to, from jumping with Hank that, that first day on the front and then, you know, Hank telling me something, Hey, one day I'll probably work for you. You know I mean? To hear stuff like that from some of the guys that I'd look up to a lot, you know, and, and skydiving and it's kind of urged me along and, and, um, you know, sit next to the plane with like DQ, like yeah. he took me on my first two tandems. That's, you know, that's pretty sick. Like, that's awesome. He's even brought it up once on the plane. Where I don't remember it was a couple or brother and sister. I don't know, but you know, he he was like, uh, he literally made a comment. He's he's like, she's like, oh, you're taking him on the first skydive. He's like, yeah, I took that guy on his first skydive, and the guy didn't really <laughs> have a clue of what he really said or meant, but um, 
you know, to be like working side by side with those guys now. I think it's 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 pretty cool. I it's very I guess you'd say it's probably more starstruck than anything else. Um you know, just try you know, cuz you're just kind of you're just in the mix of things and I mean, I literally kind of got thrown in that first Saturday was a I was a wreck. That first Saturday was <laughs> how, just, how many jumps did you do on that Saturday? Nine. Nine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a solid amount. Yeah, nine. I had no idea. I think Matt Peterson was saw me you know, sit down on one of the tables out out in the back, and I grabbed a beer or something, and and I was literally just I shell shot. I don't I don't do that many jumps in a day. I just I as a fun jumper, I, n- I never did that. Five was a good round number for me. Um, if it's hop and pops, maybe, right? But I mean, like just mentally and then physically with that size rig and then with somebody else, but Matt's like, man, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, how many jumps do you do? Man, I don't know. I think like seven. <laughs> I think it was the number I guessed. And, uh, he was like, well, man, that ain't bad. And then when I went into the office or whatever, cause they said I had an envelope or something in there, uh, Tanya, uh, was like, yeah, you, how many jumps did you do? I said, I think like seven. I really don't know. I said, I totally lost count. I, I felt like a drunk stripper because I was like, I, <laughs> I can't even remember the person's name that I just jumped with. And, <laughs> and I mean, it's just like it, you rotate in so quick, you know, you're yeah, 15 sure. minutes, 20 minutes with this person and then boom, you're on to the next one. And, and so I've learned, I've been trying to like write the names down in between just in my own logbook because yeah. I'm horrible with names, but I still just like, I literally... And when she told me I did nine jumps, I was like, wow, I completely didn't remember two of them. <laughs> I mean, so, um, yeah, that was just a lot to kind of try to get used to. But I learned good that way, just trial by fire, if you will. Just kind of, mm-hmm. But there was one or two, like the first two back-to-backs that I had. I was just like, I looked up. I'm like, God, there's 16 minutes. I've still got this old yeah. rig on my back. Um, I still haven't take, debriefed the other person. I, there was one, one or two of the times, like, man, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. And, you know, but then I'm looking at everybody else and they're all doing it. I'm like, I can't be a pussy and just <laughs> not do this. You know man, what I mean? Is, I'm like, this is this, gotta get with it. That yep, is such a good just, mentality, man. I and, love that. And uh, it, uh, after a few, it was just like, that was that whole thing of learning, which I've seen it for years, but being on that side of it where, like, I went in on that day for sure, there was no rig. So I just, they pile that one up on the corner. I'm like, well, I'm on like 15 minute call. Like, well, I want them ready. And I, so I'm in there and I'm doing, so you, you get them all prepped and then I'm going, I'm grabbing a rig with like a five minute or less call, which I was just never used to that. I was always used to being in the loading area at five minutes, not okay. Now I'm putting my helmet on and then rolling around at that last minute. But I think I heard Chris Brewer, one of the guys say it once. They're like, well, they're not going to take off without us, Kevin. I can promise you that. And I was like, okay. So that one kind of at least enough. stuck. Yeah, not like, not yeah. on purpose anyway. Right. But so <laughs> that, that at least kind of, you know, stuck with me a little bit where I'm like, I'm not used to being one of the, the paid people on it that, you know, is Definitely. making the drop zone money. So yeah, the mentality is, right. is much different. Yep. So we, we got you, uh, Hank, through the classroom, and then as your uh, uh, instructor for a, f- a few of the jumps, then mm-hmm. we got Pedro. Yep. And then we got uh, Travis Mikes. Yep. T- tell me about your first tandem passenger. The that first was the one. wife. Oh, that doesn't count. Okay, that one, the, the that f- one, okay. Because, yeah, the no, wife, I, that was one of her stipulations. I, I, I want to hear that story for sure. Okay. That's just not the question I meant to gotcha. ask. Gotcha. So the very the, first the, paid the one. The first person. That the first Wuffo. Yeah, that, that first paid one. Um, That would have been, there was a uh, Friday, and it was, um, I've got the name in there, but I did three jumps that day. And the first guy, I want to say it's Brandon. But it Let's go, Brandon. It was Let's a, go, Brandon. It was <laughs> <laughs> I just found out <laughs> that, that is today. But, yeah, the... Um, but yeah, that one, the first one really wasn't like super eventful. The guy had done another jump previously and 
it was kind of like, which was good for me because, you know, he was more into his girlfriend that was there. Uh, it was her first jump. And um, so other than just getting the nerves out of the way, it was like, eh, all right, you know, it was good because he was just kind of like, oh, man, I just wasn't super excited and all. And that's not why I wanted to start doing tandems. But then I had a lady right after it, Miss Pam. <laughs> she was that's the one i met Pam. yes yep. <laughs> she was a firecracker of an older woman and uh the at least uh nick and and uh steven some of the other people knew one of my big hang-ups um going getting into tandem was harnessing females just because i've had so much sexual harassment training over the years that just having to do something in people's space like that was mm-hmm. like you know made me nervous you know but, you know, once you see the video, you know, you quickly realize, okay, yeah, they don't care. You're just, they, you know, they know you're doing your uh, your job. And, uh, but this lady, when I met her, is over, like, in front of the office, and I see the name on the board. She just happened to be standing there, and I was right there. I was like, oh, hey, you're Pam. And, I mean, she turned around. She, I think she's, it was her 54th birthday or 55th. And she was just like super excited. First thing she says to me, she was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I told the people in the office. I just wanted to, you know, and I think it was she she prayed to Jesus in the morning and said she wanted to jump with the biggest skydiver she could find. (laughs) I was like, well, I don't know if I'm 100 percent the biggest. I'm definitely probably the tallest one here. But uh, and uh, she was just super excited. I mean, just was the exact reason why I wanted to start doing tandems, because, you know, she just. You know, the things that you hear out of people's mouth is just amazing to me sometimes, you know? I mean, it's the some of them are just super quiet and timid, and then under canopy, this beast comes (laughs) out of some of these people that you think, who are you? Uh, They'll start, you know, telling you things like you're their therapist for like the five minutes. I'm like, hey, we got a canopy to fly, but that's (laughs) great. Uh, It's... uh, it, it's mind-blowing to me, but I think, I don't know if it's the adrenaline that, you know, then people just blurt that. stuff out that's super important or whatever to them on their mind that I'm like, okay, but yeah, she was, uh, she was definitely the one, she was the one helped get me over a lot of those humps because, you know, harnessing her up, she really had no problem with it at all. In fact, if anything, she was getting a little excited by it. <laughs> and so she kept making comments, which were just funny to me, which made me relax a whole lot better. Yeah. And um, so she goes through it. She pretty much didn't really, didn't really pull, just got lost in the moment, whatever, but, you know, it was fine. And then she, as soon as we got on the ground, she wanted to do tandem two. Like her boyfriend uh, that was there with her was like, oh, no, hey, Kevin. I was like, oh, hey, I need to get your harness and all. She's like, oh, no, no, I, I already paid for the other one. You know, we're going to be on the next one. I turn around and, okay, we're on the next plane. So, uh, you know, she was talking about wanting to do the solo program. I'm like, okay, great, cool. You know, so if you do, you know, you need to do this, you're going to have to make sure your altitude aware and pull on time this time. That way there, you know, you have to be able to pull your own parachute. So she was so fixated on it, and we practiced it so many times that she went back to the tandem one by holding her harness when we left the airplane. And when I tapped her to at least come out, her hands disappeared. <laughs> and I thought, what is she doing? Is she tracking already? And about that time, I feel the trap door. <laughs> no. and, and we're at 9,500 feet and had That's a, a long ride. had a That's long a long high pull. Like, it was a beautiful day. And, you know, she was, of course, making jokes the whole time. I, I accused her of doing it on purpose because she kept saying she just wanted to stay in the canopy all day long. I'm like, well, we're going to be up here a while on this one. So yeah, I hope you brought snacks because we're going right. to be up here for like so, 10 minutes. Yeah, it was. Uh, but that was that was a great day because it was one of those, you know, it uh, it got me over that first hump of having to 
you know, harness up a female and them being uncomfortable with it. And by all means, she was not at all. And then a few other ones even after that, well, they either say nothing and just like, hey, just get in there and do what you got to do. Or they'll make a comment that you're like, what did they just say? You know, <laughs> you're like, okay. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, pretty comical. For the most part, most people don't care. They realize after watching the video that you're just going to do your job and, you know, do what you got to do, you know, type of thing. So. Yeah, it wasn't too bad at all. But yeah, she was she was funny. I do remember when she came down, she made a hand job joke. That uh, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. She she made a lot of jokes she, throughout. She, she was a ton of fun. I'm yeah. I'm super happy that that got to be your yes. uh, I, I, I I I thought that, that was your first student after the program, but I didn't know there about There was uh, yeah, there was a guy Brandon. there was a guy on the on an earlier load that that morning and like I said, he was just kind of you know, just uneventful, which was cool just to kind of get the first one out of the way. Um, you know, Pam would have been just, a, but Pam is the, she was definitely one of like, okay, that's, that's why I wanted to start doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're not always going to have that super excited person, but when you have that one that can carry you past so many others, you know what I mean? I just, you know, it, it made me smile a lot. I mean, she was, she was funny. And then just, like I said, that well being of the transformation of a person, I mean, yeah, she was super excited on, on the ground, even talking about it, but. I mean, under canopy, just again, more things just kept coming out. You know, you're just like, wow, okay, it just went even deeper. You know, I mean, it's just like some some people are super quiet and don't say anything, and then that canopy comes out. You know, I had a guy the other day just come out of the canopy. He was like king of the world. He's doing the big Jesus Christ cross. Just I'm like, okay, you want to take the toggles? You know, oh, give me give me just a minute. And he's just like, I'm busy being Jesus. <laughs> yeah, come he back was later. King of the world, Titanic. <laughs> I don't know which one it was, but he was just ho- holding it and in the moment. I'm like, okay. <laughs> did you we know. do that jump together? I feel like we jumped with uh, with a person who did something. That similar. was it. Was the guy here just the other day? He was the. Uh, it was on Monday. Uh, he. Um, but uh, he's from India. Um, yeah, the ship guy. So, yeah, yep. he just seemed to be man. He was so. He's pumped totally so into the video yeah, yeah, yeah for sure yep had all that you know the instagrams and was uh-huh. making sure he put his glasses on before the interview for sure so, yeah that was yeah that was, that was cool. him and so he just <laughs> he had to hold that moment he was like i just need this for a couple of minutes i was like okay cool we hold on to it you must have seen it. um carlos tell someone else about being super jesus i've seen him i've seen him and heard that one <laughs> Brother, don't super be funny. superman don't be yeah. jesus be super jesus yeah. right in the middle <laughs> that's a good one yeah yeah, absolutely. <laughs> was how, so? How often do you get those students? Those those reminders of this is what I signed up for. This is the energy that I'm looking for. I think it's you get more of it. I get more of it than I don't. I guess would be nice. the best way I could put it. Um, you know, for the most part, if they're not, I mean, it's this. Some of them they're even surprising. So I, we had these. Uh, I think they may have been brother and sister. If they were a couple, they were just super boring. But it was me and DQ. I had the female. DQ um, had the male. We we couldn't find them. Well, they come to find out, they were out in the parking lot. And so we're like, all right. So we, we like literally hollered at them from the parking lot. Hey, we're on like a fifteen minute call. They both walk all the way from the parking lot with as about as much as enthusiasm um, as you would see anybody waking up in the morning and having to go brush their teeth. It was just like, mm, mm, I'm like, oh, great. You know, they really look super excited to be here. Like, why would you even, like, the girl I had looked like she had pajamas on, literally. And um, so I start chatting with her. I'm like, hey, what brings you out? She's just very, well, just, mm, just not excited about anything. I'm like, man, I don't know why you would have spent money to come do this. And um, 
she had done a jump before, but it had been like two years or so prior. And then again, super quiet on the plane. I'm like, hey, you all right? She's like, yeah, just I, I get a little nervous. I'm like, oh, nervous is good. Not a big deal. And um, we get under canopy. And under canopy, she was like, eh, no, I don't really want to do it. I was like, here. I said, fly this thing with me. And like literally just kind of set it like that. I said, put your hands right in here. Just kind of made her do it. And she put her hands in the toggles and started flying around with it. She said, wow, this is actually a lot of fun. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what you paid for is to have some fun, right? And she finally like started chatting. And then, uh, again, we land, and she dumped on me then that, oh, well, you know, I take a lot of this medication for different mental things, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times I get lost in what's real and what's not. So, you know, I'm sorry if I felt a little out there, but you really made it super fun, blah, blah, you know, so I was like, okay, cool. So at least I, you know, I even kind of got over a, a hurdle that they had, because to me, it's like, if they're not having fun, it's like not very fun for me. You know? Yeah, it's, so, it's an odd thing to do if you're not going right. to be into it, you yeah. know, if someone's dragging you into it or if you're just really lethargic the whole time. Yep. But that's got to be a rewarding feeling knowing that you've provided that for somebody, you know, right. someone who has a unique situation and you... I don't want to say got them out of a funk necessarily, but you were able to show them a good time. And right. That, that's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, it, it was. It, I, like I said, because it, it, she was easily one of those that I'm thinking, I don't really know. It, it was a hard read, you know, and it's, I learned from my previous business and sales and whatnot that, you know, you can't really just read a, a person, right? Because yep. you know, never get the right answer. But um, sometimes just getting them a little more active or making them participate more in it. So, um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, I, I haven't had that many, uh, that I would say were just like bad. I mean, I did have the, the one lady that got sick on me, so that Ooh. wasn't pleasant, but oh, yeah. that was going to be one of my questions. If you had someone uh, throw up yet? Yeah. Yeah. That was a couple of weeks ago. Um, thank goodness it wasn't much because I was, that was one of my big paranoias because I'm, I'm what I would call a social, uh, social, social puker. If I'm saying <laughs> that right, yeah. tongue twister, but, um, yeah, I was afraid that if I felt it or smelt it on me, that it was going to be a bigger mess, you uh -huh. know, on the back of her hair or something. So, um, it uh, she was pretty nice all the way up. Was um, did everything under under free fall, but was like as soon as we got, she'd already told me when I first met her. She's like, I don't want to do anything. You do everything. I'm just it's a bucket list thing. She was a retired old military lady. I said, cool, no problem, super easy. Just you know, give her all the normal rundown. Still offered her the toggles because to me that's kind of when I'll resituate everything, kind of adjust the harness. And uh, she's like, nope, nope, I don't want them. So that kind of threw me off because I was kind of like, well, all right. So then I start doing it. And then she's quickly, give me, give me to the ground as quick as you can. I'm like, well, that's not going to make you feel any better because she'd already said, hey, I kind of feel nauseous. I'm like, well, that's fine. So we'll just keep your head on the you know, eyes on the horizon, breathe, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of my normal thing. You get a lot of people will kind of say they're nauseous, but they're normally staring straight down or something. This is where I like them to steer a little bit. That way they feel like they're in somewhat of control. That way, you know, it helps me with motion sickness. If I'm not in control, I'll get nauseous if somebody's driving the car like an idiot, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, she quickly was like, I'm sorry, I don't feel good. I'm like, well, if you have to get sick, just, like, lean to your left and, like, try to put it in your armpit. I didn't know really why I just thought that on the fly. I don't know if that was really work or whatever, but I was more worried about it just coming out and getting in my face <laughs> and inside yeah. my helmet. I was like, do I close my face shield? 
then I was like, well, then if it gets on my face shield, I'm going to have to wipe it off and I'm not going to handle that well. So I'm like, <laughs> let's just leave it open. And so as soon as, as soon, that's a, that's a bold choice. As soon as I I'd saw, rather have it on my face yeah. than well, my hand. What my, is wrong with you? My thought process was having to wipe it or, or not be able to see out of it, you know? So I just thought, Hey, just go lean to the left. And when she'd lean to the left, I just dipped the canopy to the left and I turned my head to the right. And for the most part, it was just dry heave and just hack, and it was just ha. You know, she's like, "Oh, sorry." I'm like, "That's it. It's all right. Just keep it." And I mean, she just kept doing it over and over again. And then finally, we turn on the final, and of course, then I've got the wind in my face, so I knew that was going to be the the one spot that I really had to be on my defense. And <laughs> there was windy. We had Stephen and uh, Hank were out catching. Nick may have been other two. I don't know, but there was, you know, it was a day, a weekday. So um, <laughs> they're out there and it's like, I turned on the final and that's when she kind of like actually had some stuff come out and she's like, ah, and I just like turned my head to the right. Like Hank asked me, like, what did I thought you were looking at another canopy? I was like, no. And then about that time he realized what was on her left shoulder. He was like, oh, now I get it. Cause I kept like, whoo, whoo. You know, anytime I would just hear it start, I was like, oh, I'd have to turn the other way. It's like, I'm still trying to like, get to the ground and land, right? Yeah. This was coming in on final, you said? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the only time I kind of felt the mist a little bit Ooh. because, you know, that, I'm that into term. the wind now. <laughs> Prior to that, I just kept crabbing, doing figure eights, dipping it to the left just to give her option to keep it that way. And yeah. for the most part, it did. I mean, she just had a little bit. And it was mainly just on her jumpsuit. Um, so I, I came out pretty decent i think uh, but still it was one of those learning curves of well all right did, i can check that one off did you ever get to the point where you're like man i might uh, i might join her in a second i didn't get too bad until not until we were on the ground like okay. literally on the ground i was having to do the uppers i was right by it mm-hmm. being like on her left shoulder right. and <laughs> yeah. thank goodness hank and them like, <laughs> i was right by i was it. right yeah. by hank, it's a it monster was, <laughs> it was looking right at me hank, <laughs> and it was either hank or steven like heard me because i kind of didn't like this as I was trying to get her up and like yeah. off of me. They're like, I got her. I got her. I'm like, okay, thank you. And I just turned around and started <laughs> getting the gear together. Cause I was like, okay, I'm like, that was, Man, it was close. Is... I kind of got that, the flavor in the back of your throat. Yeah. You I was like, Oh, cool. Up. That was close. I wonder if <laughs> like, as you're under canopy, you're still doing your job. You're still in charge of the skydive and you're keeping both you and the passenger safe. Yeah. Do you think that plays a role? Like you just, you know that puke just happened, but you're you're busy. You know yep. you got to get. And that was it. I kept, you know, I mean, she was, you know, bless her heart. She was like, she kept apologizing in between every hack, like literally <laughs> from four thousand feet all the way to the ground, and it was literally. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, look, that's fine. Just do what you got to do. I said, I got to land. You get to the ground faster. I'm like, that is not going to help the situation <laughs> at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you know, just. I kept trying to just talk through it and just, you know get it done but you know she bought a, a new t-shirt at the gift shop and uh gave me a good tip she felt bad she's like i need to buy you a new shirt i'm like really just a little bit on my jumpsuit i'm good and you know she was like she was surprised that i wanted to hug her afterwards i'm like you already got it on me it's all right now at this <laughs> point she just kind of laughed so she was she was good about it that's it was cool. it was one of those she just didn't eat i think that day so that, thank god because that's why i think once the adrenaline hit her after yeah. the opening it just made her nauseous. Did anyone in the course have advice for you about what to do the, the first time you had someone get sick? <sighs> no, I, I know DQ, um, several of them have talked about, you know, carrying a little barf bag. Um, yeah, you I, know. Think, I think Aaron pioneered the yep. barf bag. Moment. Aaron's got one of those. And I remember when uh, Nicole did hers with um, Hazmat. 
Is that right? Matt? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He had one because he told her, like, even though, like, just before, hey, if you get sick, I got one of these just in case. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I haven't completely adopted that yet, but I, and then DQ is like, I've heard him, hey, kind of go inside the jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he said, just get him a new t shirt. So, like, they, he said he normally just tries to collect any of the free, like, you know, uh, swag T-shirts or whatnot that people hand out. That uh-huh. way, if you get somebody gets sick, you can just kind of give them a free T-shirt, but tells them just to put it inside, you know, the uh, jumpsuit. Jump so yeah. I, I forgot about. Like I said, I I literally forgot about all the tips, and all I could think of was, hey, just lean to the left. And so I just used that as a trigger. Does she lean left? I lean. I lean to the right. So minus just, uh, minus the barf bag, you did the next best thing. Okay. That is actually I, that's what I would have taught you to do. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Um, I would have closed my visor. Um, I would have taken that <laughs> I, option. I, 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 I fought with that. I so, really did. Yeah, it was one of those it things out. I'm like, mm. Kevin, you don't have to wipe your visor off. You can open it afterwards. Yeah. And you're still yeah, okay. Yeah, but it was that, if it's there and it's dripping, I mean, I thought like, about this a lot. Or like I really did. It. That's true. Dripping in might cause yes. a problem, but like worst case scenario, you buy a new helmet, but you can't buy a new mouth or a throat. If yeah, it gets in your mouth, that's, that's true. That's it. If it gets in my mouth, everything was going to be coming out of my mouth. There's exactly. no doubt but, about but that. But again, so. you know, you don't you yeah. don't always think about those things until you're in right. the moment and it's like, I'm just going to yeah. go with whatever feels right. And I think that was the part that stuck with me was like, if it gets on the outside of my shield, I'm going to puke on the inside of the shield. It's going to be a really nasty mess. So I think I literally, my defense was, I need to be able to project my own out. If I have to do it as well, that okay. was my biggest so thought. You don't drown in the yeah. inside right. of your helmet. God, what a way to go, right? Just because those are pretty. Yeah, vomit. those 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 full. I, I'm not used to the full face helmet yet. I've never worn one until mm-hmm. I've started doing tandems, and uh, so yeah, they're very close to your face. So I've I've thrown up in a motorcycle helmet, and that was bad enough. Really? So. Oh. Yeah, that to, sounds pretty gnarly. Yeah, no, it's gross. I mean, but and that was a dirt bike helmet, even, but still, it's okay. you know, it's it's still right there. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, you don't you don't want to do things like that when you're sick, you know. I mean, it, but it was just. I got to know more about why you're throwing up in this helmet. Yeah, I want to know so bad. I was just <laughs> young and dumb, right? I mean, I was racing a lot of motocross, and you know, when parents and everybody tell you, "Hey, you're too sick. You probably shouldn't be doing this," and you're like, "Ah, oh, but I've got to qualify for the the nationals or whatever I was trying to qualify for." It was a big race, and so I convinced them, even though in between like Theraflu or whatever drinks I was I was eating or drinking, that you know, hey, I I got it. I'm good. I'm hydrated, and I finished the race. I did qualify, but I puked all inside my helmet on like the second or third lap. And it was kind of like one of those. It was like, <laughs> uh, and I hate to puke, but it was one of those that you get about halfway through the race trying to hold your, it back. And then finally it just came out because I just like couldn't breathe. And it just, just happened. Yeah. Then after that, it was like downhill. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Like it's the, already out now. It's all over the place. The bad thing has happened. Yep. Just finish it off and kind of yeah. grabbed another gear and, you know, just, but it was gross. Yeah. My mom wasn't happy because it was like a <laughs> $350 motorcycle helmet in the late eighties. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, probably not the best way to do that. And she was the one normally helping play pit crew and having to clean it up because she knew I couldn't clean it up because I was going to puke again. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, that was just typical racing back in the day. Mm-hmm. You said it was like two laps into how many laps were in the race? Uh, probably then maybe six to eight okay. yeah, on yeah, yeah yeah amateur stuff like but, that. It's nothing major. A good enough amount of time to like really sit with your own with your own. Vomit. Yeah, I mean it gets on there. It's hot. It was hot. Summertime, sweaty. So it's like you got sweat, dirt, and why not make some vomit in there with it? <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it was just yeah one of those things. But yeah, I've, 
I've got worse stories. So I don't want to get off on that tangent, though. Fair enough. Yeah. We don't have to. We can keep talking about skydiving. <laughs> Poopy pants riding. Yeah, no, yeah, riding dirty. Talk, we've talked about it up north. What about down south? You got any stories about that? <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. Not in the pants. No, no. I, I did. I did leave a mark. I'd say uh, in the middle, in the middle of the starting line in Lawton, I Oklahoma. You were talking about the inside of your other. Yeah, me no. too. That is exactly. No. Like, I, I was leaving more than one kind of skid mark on that track. I'll yeah. put it that way. No, so <laughs> we we would travel around in an old Chevy van, uh, just like the old custom van at the back bed, like folded out or whatever, right? And uh, we had an open wheel trailer that we hauled the bikes on and. Mom and dad were driving us around all over the place. And so we'd literally go like in around Oklahoma City. And there was one track I could race Saturday night and then be another track Sunday. So we'd drive at midnight when the one races were done and then head over the other ones an hour or so away and be there in the morning. Well, we went to this new track in Lawton. And we stopped like at McDonald's or something on the side of the freeway in between, right? I'm a teenager, right? And you just eat whatever crap is, you know, you get. And uh, we get to the track and... They, they hadn't brought, it wasn't like a normal track. It was like in the back of some farmer's pasture or something. They'd already built it all out, but none of the outhouses had been delivered yet. And we got there in the middle of the night. All the pit lights are like out. So other than the light we had in around our little campground, which really wasn't anything, but we popped a little easy up. The bikes were still on the trailer and we're just crashed out in, in the van. And I woke up and I don't know, dark 30 and had one of those little moments in your stomach where you're like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> you know, and I just kind of look around. I'm like, Dad, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. He's like, well, there should be an outhouse out there someplace, son. Just grab the flashlight. So I like go out, and I'm like, I'm, I slowly start looking, and that slowly, slow look you know, became a panic look because I'm like, <laughs> I don't have any option right now. I have to take care of something. Well, if you've, anybody's seen a, a motorcycle starting gate, um, some of them are nicer than others, but there's typically they're split halfway across the gate and there's like a little booth in the middle where the guy drops the gate. Well, that little booth at least had sides on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, at least I was, you know, paranoid that somebody in the middle of the dark in the middle yeah. of freaking nowhere is going to see me, right? Yeah. You know, having to squat and like they have night vision. Dump. I know it. So yeah, I backed myself into this little starting booth and I took care of business. Yeah, I had to use a sock cause I had no toilet paper, but left the socks there, two moto socks in, in, in the booth. So literally like I say nothing, right? My dad remembered somewhat of what happened in the middle of the night. The next morning I'm getting ready and I would try to sneak on to every practice session I could get. So like, even if the two fifties were practicing, I would try to sneak in even when I was riding one twenty five, and that was the first practice session. So I'm over there. My dad's like, I don't know what the holdup is. They're over there fucking with the starting gate. And I was like, <laughs> no. oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they had to modify the entire starting gate because the guy didn't want to climb in there because the mess I left in there. But uh, so, yeah, they, <laughs> they that is amazing. end up like in the like on the track it's in the, the in the booth so, so yes the, i literally was in the booth like the booth is in there and they but normally there's a floor in the booth no not oh, really okay, it's, it's basically dirt okay. and so like the metal gate comes around the outside of basically two wooden walls and then they had one that basically had just a pin and you stepped on a lever that would release the pin and so because of where that step and the small quarters it was <laughs> and the mess that i made i mean they they like had a water hose over there and we're like trying to hose it down but the guy was just like so disgusted of course because i left like motocross socks are like you guys have seen my wife socks that are always like real colorful <laughs> yeah 
So there's two of those in no. there. Oh, yeah, there's two socks. What, what do you think he found first? I don't know, but I, I know he was not happy. That the, guy the was like maybe. totally like, pissed is, off. And it was, smell? it literally took my dad about five minutes to realize that's the mess that I made in the middle of the night. Because he was <laughs> like, he went over there because my dad was an engineer, so he could well, he could kind of do it all, fix it, right? So he thought, well, there's something mechanically wrong with it. He can go help out. What the shit's <laughs> going on over here? <laughs> he goes over, and I can see him. I'm over there waiting for him to flag us to get on the track. And he goes over, and he's chatting with one of the guys. He turns <laughs> and looks at me, just shakes his head like, oh, my God. <laughs> he put two and two together, realized what happened. He was like, ah, oh, okay. Did you yeah. did you guys have a conversation about it later, or was it just kind of like we both know what's going on? But oh we're, yeah, we're by, not the, by the time it. I got off the practice session, mom, sister, sister's boyfriend, they all knew about it. So it was <laughs> it was uh, so Kevin, you know that, that how you get you know your first pick on the gate, you know you go in there. I was like, yeah, well, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night, I couldn't find anything, and it really wasn't like the first thing that morning was you saw on one of those trucks bringing in all the porta potties. It, it it is so amazing to me that you were in a in a dark field. No one around, yep. as far as you can tell, and you still felt so exposed. You're like, man, I need walls around me. Yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> I was, you know, like thinking maybe 13, 14 years yeah. old. So just kind of one of those. You just feel like, man, yeah. I'm not used to, you know, I wasn't a camper. We didn't go out in the woods and like do that. Uh, so it was like, really, the woods around there was like a pond. So like, I was more worried about, man, there's fucking snakes or something over there. At least that's true. open. That's a good point. I got walls no, man, around there. Awesome. It was like, you know, so you do what you got to do in a bad situation. Well, the, the important question, did, did the race go well or did it go like shit? Yeah, it went well. No, no, it was pretty good. Yep. <laughs> did you wipe the floor with a competition? <laughs> did anybody crash and eat shit? <laughs> I don't think anybody was that close to the starting gate of where it, was hap- where it had happened. So like I said, it was one of those that was just more of a big surprise for that one guy who went in there. <laughs> And uh, went to go set the starting God, gate how, up. How but. amazing would it be if that man somehow heard this story? Like somehow. If he's out there listening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It's probably, yeah, he'd be a farmer and from like, Lawton, Oklahoma, someplace. I picture it's, it, I'm getting dramatic with it, but it's like some dude on his deathbed who, like, finally <laughs> solves the mystery. He's like, the mystery pooper. Uh, yeah, pro- yeah, right? Yeah, that was the thing on one of those shows, the mystery pooper. Yeah. Ghost turds everywhere. <laughs> Man, when I made the the down south joke, I had no idea you were sitting on that kind of story. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm kind of glad we went there. Yeah, Man, so there have been some good poop stories told on this show. <laughs> Man, I'm sweating because I was laughing so hard. That's good. That was a good one. Sorry. Sweating because now I gotta. You know. <laughs> yeah, all this all this poop talk is making me making me want to go take a poop. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to work things up. Oh, it's all good. We can we can keep talking about tandem stuff if you want to. We don't have to go down the poop rabbit. I don't hole. know how we even got to that, but. We were talking about puke first. And yeah, there we go. Yeah, what about yes. the other stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so one end and the other. Yeah, puke, poop. Uh, what, what's the next <laughs> thing? Has anyone cried yet? Like, like uh, any kind of tears, I guess. Like happy tears, sad. No, tears. I did have. I had a Hispanic gentleman um, spoke no English, zero. I had uh, Carlos, um, I believe, was uh, videoing, and or at least one of the two is there's two guys uh, that were there and. Um, so literally, he did all the, you know, uh, uh, mock up everything for me. Just uh, okay, you know, I don't know how I'm really going to com- communicate with this guy there um, under canopy. But so he's like, oh, yeah, I got you, no problem. And <laughs> as, so- as soon as we get under canopy, the guy like, who spoke no English to me at all, the only words that came out of his mouth was, "I just make love to the sky," like and just screams. <laughs> I was just like. 
I don't really know how I feel about that with a guy strapped to the front of me right now. You know what I mean? I'm like, did this guy just it like... It was a threesome. Did he literally yeah. just like, you know, have, you know... A skygasm. Maybe. I don't you know. Were, you were a part of it. Yeah, I guess. You <laughs> Caused know, it. I guess. But yeah, it was uh, that one was kind of odd to me because like, even when I told Carlos thing right after, I was like, dude, I said, you know, that guy actually spoke English and this is what he said. You know, I was like, I really don't know how to take, take it really, but that was kind of comical. Yeah, I could see it being like it would catch me off guard if I assumed that someone spoke no English, at least not enough to comfortably speak like even right. like hello, how are you, that sort of thing. Yep. So hearing somebody say something like that, just totally off the yep. wall, and in a moment like that, I could see how it would be pretty surprising. Right, because it's <laughs> like ah, yeah, yeah, obviously it could mean that several different ways, but you know, it's, for sure for me, immediately I normally go to the gutter first. That's just how my mind's wired. Is like oh fuck, do they really mean that? You know, then like oh maybe not. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, try to downplay it to yourself later, but it wasn't like it was threatening, at least. Mm-hmm. One tandem story we didn't get to was taking that wife of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. It, she, it was, uh, I learned uh, a couple things on that, that jump, A, about some of the different rigs, and that, uh, like, Matt has one that he likes because it has a longer opening than others, so he likes that when he's taking some of the, you know, gray suits. Mm-hmm. Well, that happened to be the one that I took with, with the wife. <laughs> so it had like a 1200 foot opening and uh so that was kind of funny because not only me but even my wife the passenger is like come on son of a bitch come on like we're both talking to this thing as it's opening <laughs> pedro had seen it because he was on one like where he's like man kevin i thought you were gonna chop it it almost seemed like a streamer i was like it took a really long time to open but of course me and her on it you know it was <laughs> yeah that's so funny to imagine a tandem passenger looking up and yelling at an yeah opening. oh yeah, yeah yeah because you know she was used to it but then other than that i had to, i had to say the typical you know hey i don't need you trying to give me directions here i'm gonna fly it i don't you know I, uh, uh, so she didn't fly it um i made sure that she knew because she likes accuracy so i made sure hey look when i set up over the hangar at like 650 feet don't even look at your altimeter because it's nowhere near what you, how you set up on your canopy. So yeah, that change in sight picture is weird. Yeah. I did a I did a front wide ride with Mister Mister Nick Lott right next to me a couple yeah. of months ago. Oh, and I don't remember, I never took you on a front ride. That's you took true. a gal, his sister. I took I took a, a, a girl named Amber. I took that looked a girl a lot named like Amber that looked a lot like <laughs> me. Pretty much the same configuration, just long red hair. <laughs> I hear she's pretty annoying, but she told me that the sight picture is much different. Yeah, and she wanted to speak up a couple of times, so she had to remember that it was. Wasn't her, uh, wasn't her control. And right. anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, I did take Alex on a front ride as part of his uh, film festival video. Film festival, that was the one. <laughs> and he stayed remarkably in character for the duration of the entire jump, <laughs> which was great. Felt felt just like... Uh, what's Amber's accent? Like, what's Amber's voice? I don't remember. Um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a phrase I could say. So as we were under canopy, like staying in character, I was looking at the pond, the big pond that we have at Spaceland, and I was like, oh, you guys have a pool. <laughs> and just saying like the dumbest shit that I could possibly come up with. <laughs> yeah, so like, I don't know, stuff like that. That's, a, that's awesome. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And I remember Nick at one point was like, man, this is actually good for me because one of these days I'm going to take... A girl like that on a tandem, and now I'm going to know how to handle it because yeah. you're saying some really dumb shit right now. <laughs> you do hear a lot of just weird off-the-wall stuff, so yeah. that's for sure. So we, we've talked a lot about tandems. Let's say that uh, Mr. Kevin Craig's going to go do his very most favorite skydive that's not a tandem. What is uh, what does fun jumping look like for you? The uh, probably my favorite thing to do, which I've I've not gotten to do as much of it uh, here, but uh, the uh, I like tracking jumps. I've uh, I did uh, some coaching with uh, Daniel Angulo. And uh, some other ones just uh, with a few uh, other people, just small. And uh, that's a lot of fun. I just like the speed 
and just, you know, like feel like you're really moving through the air like that um, is probably the most fun for me. Um, obviously, most of my experience is just, you know, mainly belly jumps, mainly doing coaching, things like that. But I'm not so much into, you know, doing the formations and things like that. But um, tracking was something I always thought was pretty cool as I watched Tex as he got his license and ratings and he was jumping with jay i think it was that was here for a while yeah jay Vienendahl. yeah i remember i was like behind them like right after i got my license watching them and when daniel was doing a bunch of camps back then just going wow that's some sick shit just watching them like leave the airplane spiral around one one another you know it's pretty cool mm-hmm. and just that feeling of moving through the air you know is the motorcycle part of it um, but uh, other than that, I would say the canopy part is my favorite just because that is feels more like my motorcycle now uh, in the air. So any skydive always ends with a canopy ride. So um, <laughs> that that to me is I always get even on the uh, ideally if you're doing another one, it's going to end that way. For yep, sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Have you gotten to do many fun jumps since you've uh, gotten the rainy? You're still kind of feeling out the yeah. financial side of I, things. Or? No, I haven't as much here yet. I've got uh, that's one of the things I, I plan to do here now now that uh, I've I've feel a lot more confident just getting into the the role and swing of things if you will yeah um most definitely that way there i can kind of start mixing that back in i mean for sure well if you ever want to go for a fun jump please hit me yeah up hell yeah it is it is absolutely one of my favorite things when somebody that i work with well anybody in general but especially staff members jump staff members mm-hmm. when it's slow or it's the end of a weekend if someone approaches me or just any any other staff member and right. says hey let's go for a fun jump Man, I, I'm giddy just thinking about it. Because yeah, I think I was cool like years ago. I remember when, like, I remember watching a lot of the last loads were like, you know, Tommy Miller, Raul. Raul used yeah. to organize a bunch of yeah, those. Yeah, like big. Yeah. He did like, a lot of like big. Had like a big, like, it was like a 20 wave. Yeah. Like all the, yeah. you know, staff people, you know, okay. uh, which I thought that was always kind of cool. For sure. Uh, but, you know, you always see, you know. You and Katie and just, you know, a couple of others or you and Jeff just say, hey, yeah, let's go rip on or whatever, you know, which yeah. is kind of cool. So I love it. I think yep. I think it's an important thing if, you know, because some people get into the sport and they just want to work in the sport. And that's I think that's awesome. If you're yep. still getting the fulfillment from that, um, someone like uh, myself and maybe some other people who get into it initially as a fun jumper and then you transition over to the jump staff side of things. Right. Those two mentalities are quite different. Um, and I think it's important to keep doing the fun jumps as long as you want to, as long as you want to keep uh, right. keep nurturing that mentality in the sport as well as the jump staff thing. Yep. So please, if you ever have the urge, let's go for a fun jump. Let's yeah, hell yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, getting to fly that, that canopy of yours too is probably going to be a good thing. Uh, yeah. You know, just staying familiar with your own parachute. Oh, yeah. No, it was, the tandem, uh, yeah, tandem it was canopy. crazy after doing a few tandems and then putting your own rig back on. You're like, gonna, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's like nothing back here. You know, I was, I was so afraid that I was going gonna throw my pilot shoot out yeah. right after we left that's like know? that's the classic joke like every time katie <laughs> yeah. and katie and i do a fun jump right. together i'm like elbowing her and at this point i don't even have to say it because she right. knows i'm like don't set the drug right don't exactly yeah <laughs> yeah you just that yeah yeah i don't have as many steps to do so yeah, yeah exactly totally different yeah I, I remember um similar mentality different disciplines or, or different story i guess but being a videographer, switching over from like uh, doing video jumps and then putting my normal fun jump helmet back on, it was a similar situation. Right, like, man, I have no weight on my head. I don't have to do anything in the airplane. Like, right, I now I know what like fun jumping truly feels like. Yes, like, no obligations, just gonna go mess around. Right, it's, it's not necessarily a, a work thing anymore. Right. Do you still feel your camera helmet when you put it on? No, it feels pretty normal now. Like, and and the difference between switching from uh, like 
camera helmet to fun jump helmet. I just know the difference <laughs> between the two now. And yeah, I can't complain because you guys jumped <laughs> things that are like <laughs> 10 times heavier than what I'm jumping now. But still, the, just the difference in sensation and different gear and different mentalities and stuff uh, applied to you know the right. different kind of jumps that you And this doing. wasn't my first camera. This was actually small for its time. Yeah, I remember you showed me uh, a little while ago... Uh, a camera helmet that had like a hinge on it, right? Like a door hinge. Mm -hmm. Just this like massive heavy thing with like super, super heavy cameras on it. Yeah, it's like seeing some of those Norman Kent helmets that he had. Looked like something out of a torture device or something. Some of those helmets he has. Yeah, he jumps that one. It's like with the big ratchet system on the back and it has like the goggles built onto the... Sorry, having problems there? The goggles built onto the helmet. But... Yeah, he's he's got a red camera. I've seen him jump a red with something else up on the helmet. Yep. And man, that's uh, that that camera all by itself is an absurd amount of weight. Yep. Yeah, because <coughs> that's the camera you jumped for. That's the same one that AJ had, or that's the yeah. uh, different model, but uh, yeah, same same type of camera. Do you know how much it weighs off the top of your head? We put it on a scale. I want to say it was eleven pounds. That's a with, lot. With the lens on that's it, that's a lot. It, it, yeah. I, it feels like more. I was honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot more than that. Yeah. What is it like? Surely you feel it in free fall. Do you feel it way in your head down, or do you kind of <laughs> yeah, forget that? So, I guess it depends a little bit on the uh, orientation. Yeah. If you're flying head down just, and yeah. it's straight into the wind, it's just a brick that wants you to be upside down, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But because it's such a boxy shape, if you like, if I try and like, uh, if we're on our heads, let's say, yeah. and I try and tuck my chin, like you, let's say that you float on on me, and I try and tuck my chin to keep you in the shot, mm-hmm. the moment that that super tall flat box. The profile of it sees the wind from another direction. Man, there's so much push from it, mm-hmm. and trying to fly upright with it, it just feel it makes you want to fall over. It makes your head want to want to fall back over. Makes you just feel like super top heavy, like uh, I don't know, like a baby with a big head or something. or like yeah. me all the time on the ground. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say it, but that's what we're going. But uh, yeah, the openings. I've had really great openings with it, where it's felt totally comfortable. Where I've even watched the opening that thing. Wow. And then uh, I've had it go totally the opposite of that, where I went, <laughs> "Ow, I just fully injured myself." Wow. Yeah, that sounds. But but my new strategy is: imagine that you have a plate on top of your head, like a dinner plate, and you're trying to balance the plate on your on your head. Yeah. <laughs> if if you try and stay underneath the weight like that, those are the most comfortable openings that I've had. Instead of thinking about, you know looking any anywhere specific it's just like hey i'm gonna I'm, i feel this thing on my head and i'm gonna like dance Man. my body back beneath it <laughs> that's a really good way to think about it i never thought about it like that i'd always just like tuck the chin and just like try to keep everything down and not up or back rather have you ever had the interest in in flying camera mr kevin i mean i probably would just to try it i mean i don't know if that would be the top of my radar yeah because um, you said aff is kind of aff right? for sure um yeah as i say it i was looking at uh elvin's got a helmet that actually did actually fit me yeah so. i was in the video room when you were yeah. trying it on that was, so yeah. um you know so yeah i mean especially something like that I mean, if i could pick one up like that from him that's already pretty well set up i mean shoot i would at least go and get one just to try it to you know, mm-hmm. uh, don't know that I would be as good at it, but it's like anything else. You just have to get it and learn how to do it, you know? So for sure, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think the ratings first, uh, that would probably be the next one up, which they're just buying the equipment and then trying to get the setup or whatever done on it. But definitely do you have a, a time frame for yourself on the AFF thing or just kind of sometime this winter when it's, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be my main thing. Whenever the uh, next course comes up, um, I need to get, uh, get my proficiency card deal back out and finish my other prerequisites on it. January 16th. January 16th? January 16th. Okay, cool. 
then sounds like that's when that's going to happen. <laughs> so well, uh, we just got it. We just got it. Uh, oh, official. wait a minute. Hold on. Hey, Nick. Who's teaching that course? Uh, Chris Vidal. Kevin oh. Craig needs January 16th through January 22nd off. Just saying. <laughs> Man, I might take those same days. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, that'll be cool. It'll be cool to, to switch things up a little bit and have you work on another rating. But uh, mm-hmm. we never really got to like the current, like right now where you're at with tandems. Are you feeling like like much more comfortable than you were even 10, 15 jumps ago? Or are you kind of yeah. settling into a routine now? Yeah, for the most part, um, it's it's coming together. I got uh, I ordered my own harness. Um, and uh, to me, that's just little pieces to me that, you know, after, I mean, the other harnesses are great um that they provide but you know again being the new guy you're gonna get the leftovers so um some of them just you have to work them a little bit harder for some of the adjustments so having my own now it's like super easy when did you order that harness uh when yeah uh i ordered it i guess probably a week after i finished my course really man that's a really quick turnaround yeah I, i i i literally they um i just had them give me what what webbing was available, uh-huh. what other colors other than black, and then just left everything else like a stock student one. That way I wanted it as quickly as I could get it. So I think it took like five weeks. So okay. it wasn't bad. Man, that, uh, that's super. I was surprised to see you. I noticed that you had uh, your own harness. Yeah. And I was going to be certain that you had just bought it from somebody else or maybe found yeah. it online someplace. No, brand new UPT. I had Vulcan order it from me. But as soon as I finished the uh, course or after my first, week i think of using the other ones i'm like and i'm just eyeballing other people right and i see where okay yeah the one pedro and hanks got it's really nice you know what i mean of course that's the two senior guys you I mean, know the, yeah. they they were downstairs when i brought down more harnesses and they claimed them first that's, yeah well that's of course as as it gets. right you know what i mean even even if not you know to me the seniority card to me i'm old school would would i mean i'm not going to argue with that but do but, you do you feel like your history with the motorcycle world has made you more of a gear snob um, I don't think necessarily gear snob, but I think it, I, and I, I'm a gear snob. I, I don't think that, I, that that word is. Yeah, no, I get what you mean though. But I think having good equipment when it makes your job easier goes a long ways. I mean, it's like people always say, "Well, snap on tools." Well, yeah, they're super expensive, right? But and this is no plug for snap on. I think I have like two or three snap on tools, and the biggest one I got was a screwdriver. And it was one of these that, you know, it just worked for a bunch of the jet skis we were working on. But when you use that screwdriver all day long, the handle makes a huge difference. And I helped uh, Nicole put a, uh, a, uh, a desk together, I think it was, years ago. Like, my mom got her. And my electric, like, crapped out on me. The batteries did. And I was trying to finish it that night. So I just grabbed, you know, my manual screwdrivers and finished putting it together. I had blisters all over my hand that next day. And that next day, I went to one of the guy's toolboxes in the shop and grabbed their snap. I was like, ooh, man, when you got blisters from using a tool that sucked, you're like, man, that is a nice handle. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you start to realize that, okay, if you're using it all the time, having a good tool goes a long way. So uh, when I looked at the cost of it, I mean, to me, it's like, hey, having my own, besides, A, being able to physically identify it, but then just knowing what it's been through, I can't be mad at anybody else for whatever it goes through. It's mine. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it just makes it makes it easier. Um, but, yeah, I just um, I didn't think it was super expensive, and I just thought I'd rather just have my own. That way there I know everything that's been through. So Definitely. Yeah, if you're going to sympathy puke on a harness, it's going to be your harness. <laughs> yep, might as well, right? I mean, but, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, to me it was just, to me, a piece of any other equipment. 
you know, that you know, I have in my, my box. That way there I never really have to worry about what's there available. I'll have mine. Definitely. Yeah, another uh, really good mentality. It looks nice, too. Like, I don't know if it's because it's newer, but the padding on the legs looks a little thicker. And I heard somebody say that the new ones, the newer ones, I don't know uh, when they would have changed it. I didn't look into the history or whatever of it, but, like, to me, the way the Y-strap and all is tucked in a little further into the back, I don't know if that's just because the one I was using was just more worn. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, the, the padding is certainly a little bit wider and beefier than, than most. I haven't looked at some of the, like, really closely compared to the newer ones. But compared to the one I was using, uh, definitely got more padding and all on it. I get more padding all the way around some of the uh, students' legs now yeah. um, than I could with the others. But, uh, like I said, for the most part, it was just the ease of all the adjustment points. You know, we're there. The other ones, I was really having to fight, and some of the webbing really gets swollen, so it's kind of tough to tuck the access in. Those new ones work. It works so much easier and smoother. So the adjustment points for, for someone like myself who's not a tandem instructor, do you mean the adjustment points in the harness um, on the student, like where the buckles are, like the chest strap, leg strap, all the, those areas? All the way around, really. The big ones, though, would be just like on your on your laterals. Okay. And then on the uppers where your where your connection points are Got it. Okay. to your harness, where you're having to strap them down like in the plane. To me, that's when you're getting everything tight, serious, and the uncomfortable part for them. And like I was having to like literally kind of grab and like to me put a lot of pressure kind um, of on, the, on the parts like yep. that go over. Yeah, the, when you're, the you're tightening down the okay. the shoulders, you know, on on a passenger. And to me, if I'm having to use both my hands and really kind of pull and put pressure, you know, I mean. For me, if I'm doing it to somebody my size, it's one thing, but it's some of these people are really small. Like, man, I don't know if I'm hurting their shoulders or what. You know, I don't, you know, want to, want them to feel like I am. And that there was a couple of tight spots in mind that I find it, I learned it a little bit. That I either just had to make sure I got past that point before we got up to the air uh, or above it, you know, because it would kind of hang up on one. And I mean, man, it really took some pull. Uh, I had one guy to have him help me pull it, you know, which I just don't want to have to ask somebody to do that. To me, they're already nervous as it is. So if you're like, "Hey, can you help me tighten your harness?" <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I, yeah. I I want them to be as comfortable as they can and not feel like, "Hey, they're just there for the ride." Right? That mm-hmm. I should be able to, you know, uh, adjust most of that myself. I'm pretty sure I was asked to help adjust my harness on my first tandem. Yeah, and I'm a tiny little guy. I was even tiny than that. I, I, I didn't, it didn't feel weird to me. Yeah, and it probably wouldn't. I mean, I've I've had a person do it, but mm-hmm. like I said, I would rather limit them having to do as much if I can. And sure. So that was just one of the Definitely. things that thought, well, if that helps, great. Then, you know, just uh, another one of those things. But, you know, to me, it's just equipment. Yeah, I I, I think definitely, like you said, that, you know, to me, when you get used to just having good tools, uh, I'd say, then, you know, you, you, you just want to have nice stuff. That way there it works easier for you. Yeah, most definitely. We've tried to make it a more common thing uh, on the show to have people talk about the gear that they jump and why they jump that gear. Mm-hmm. So what uh, what uh, what container? Uh, I've got I've got Infinity. Okay, cool. What, what do you like about it? Um, my biggest thing that sold me on it was the closing flap. I think the picture of DJ holding holding it up uh, premature opening was my biggest fear, um, and just the way that they can hold that whole rig up underneath with the main flap to me was big, the main selling point to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by far, I mean I think they're all nice rigs out there for sure, but. Um, that's for sure when I pick mine. And what uh, main are you flying? Uh, I've got a Sabre 2 135. What do you load a 135 at? It's like 1.75-ish, okay. something like that. That's cool. Yeah. What, uh, 
do you have plans on on another canopy in the future? Or is that still feeling pretty good to you? I've now I've got about 160 or so jumps on that one, so I'm kind of at the point that I either I would either if I come across a nice 120 saber, I would easily scoop it up just because that's what I'm used to. That's all I've flown, but I I'm certainly would like to, you know that that wing load is pretty comfortable for me too. So I would like to maybe try just some. Other wings that are starting to get a little sportier. Did you uh, demo a Saber 3 when they were out? I haven't. I haven't jumped a Saber 3. I mean, I've talked with enough people. My wife, my buddy Farley, and all. I always bought his hand-me-down uh, canopies anytime he bought a new one. I would get his that had very few jumps on it. And um, But, uh, yeah, Saber 3 wouldn't be a bad choice. I mean, I just know. But I don't expect it to be like big wow difference compared to what I'm used to. Um, I think it may improve a few things, but, um, so catch me up one second. Cause I got lost looking for a picture. What uh, main are you flying right now? Saber two, one thirty five. And what are you loading it at? Like 1.75. Okay. Um, you start like really hitting diminishing returns at one nine on a conventional nine cell. So yep. non cross brace. Um, but you also start seeing a little bit more. I'd be curious to, to a, what's your end goal with canopies? Like if you could fly this canopy in a time from now. What canopy do you want to fly? I, you know, the canopy, like I said, it's it's my motorcycle now. So I, I've always liked fast bikes. So, so you want cross brace? Absolutely. So I, I would really. This is not always the best advice for everybody. Do I sound empty, far away, distant? Is it just my own brain? But you sound pretty normal. That's pretty normal. I don't sound normal ever. Um, I think it's just because we're all used to Kevin's bass right now. <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're just I feel like a child. You ain't got that Hi. bass. I'm the little mountain. What's five goes west? Hi, try, to, try to turn up that bass, baby. Uh, so Kevin, when you're uh, skydiving, <laughs> no, it sounds normal now. It sounds better. Thank yeah, you. It's totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> Ivy loves that. Um, anyways, uh, um, this is not always the best advice for everybody. So uh, find advice directly for you. But in your case, you're very active. You're uh, staying pretty current. You're jumping more and more. And you're also very invested in what you've done with canopies, what you've done with your skill set. You're very focused and in, in, in a good way have overdone the experience you need. You don't downsize quickly. You take your time right. and learn it thoroughly and intimately. I would be super curious to see you go to uh, the next, what you said, 135, right? Right. A 120 Sabre uh, 3, it would be a really great place. I think I'll fly it, I'll sing, it'll be really nice. I wonder if it can take a little bit more loading with its different design. I don't know that, but you'd still be in a great place with it. And then from there, start looking at the different designs, right. considering some cross brace. Can, I, I, it would be really, I'm, I'm curious to see where you'd go now. Yep. But I know a guy to talk about that. Yep. yep Daniele Tancredi. He's a great canopy <laughs> coach. <laughs> I'm always I'm always picking y'all's brain. Like I said, I get to uh, work with DQ quite a bit too. So yeah. he's always one of them that like first thing he told me was like, I mean, I learned to swoop on a saber tooth. So that always kind of sticks with me. I'm like, well, if, that's what he learned on. That's not necessarily a bad canopy, right? I mean, for sure. I don't have to have some of these other ones, but yeah, just once I loaded that one from the 150, it was like I really thought because I tried and demoed a couple of the canopies of, that were 150s. They all felt slower. I was wanting something faster because I've always spent, I'd say, at least 150 jumps on each canopy, 190, 170, 150, and then now I got 160 on this 135, and um. The uh, yeah, the 135 was like, wow, okay, this is a totally new canopy again for the first Sabre, too, that really had more of a wow factor. Just, you know, the inputs from the harness and everything, like, wow, I can literally turn with the harness and all this stuff now. So it uh, it uh, that's always been my thing. I've always think I put so many jumps on it that, to me, I look at the next one, I want it to feel faster. 
And a couple of the ones I demoed was like an X-Fire. Uh, it was a lot flatter trim, and it just felt slower than what I was I think I was expecting, more ground-hungry, like I got out of the Saber, and I didn't get it. It felt like I took a step backwards, so um, people said, ah, you weren't loading high enough on it. So at that point, Farley was ordering his new Saber 3 120. I'm like, hey, I'll take your uh, 135 that had like 40 jumps on it. So, um, But now he's at a point, and I think I'm going to help you take him up. Farley, if you're listening, you can send me your 120. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because he's just moved back to Colorado, and some the speed there he's wanting to upsize. Um, just because of Perfect. the drop zone up there. So I told him, hey, maybe we can just switch for a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, so we kind of talked about it, but not really seriously. So, but Man, I might try to take him up on it. I just got to take a complete break away from you for one second. Farley is the back to back, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Back to back Texas shootout accuracy champion. It, it was so badass oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to okay. have. Lori Padaloco had uh, won the PD Bullseye event and came to me afterwards and says, I, I want to do a, a similar event. I want to do something to, to give back. And we very quickly came to terms like, well, we're just going to mimic what PD did and do a tour. San Marcos, Houston, Dallas, top three, give them back to Houston for finals. Winner gets a big package, a mm-hmm. uh, big thing, not a PD sponsorship. Lori got a little spoiled with that one. Good for her. I'm not, <laughs> not, not dogging on her one bit, man. She worked hard for that. But uh, Farley uh, won back-to-back, man. That dude, yeah, when he signed up, like I didn't know how well he was going to do right away. And it wasn't that that I doubted him. I just didn't know. And when he signed up for the first qualifier, he immediately, and he had already been doing more hop and pops than I'd realized, but he immediately started focusing tightly on accuracy. I'm like, oh, don't fuck with this guy. Farley, and that's where I started finding yep. out a little bit more. He has a racing background, and he is probably more competitive and more focused at racing and, and, yep. and anything than Kevin even is. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, he raced for Kawasaki uh, drag racing. So, oh, sick. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, he was okay. uh, super into it. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, when he got set up and was determined to do it, he was like, I always tease him. I'm like, yeah, you only got good at it because you used to follow me in all the time because we don't <laughs> jump on Mondays. And, 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 and we would, but I would overshoot it, and then he would make the correction behind me and yeah. land right in the freaking target all the time. So he certainly is in the target way more than I was. I just showed him the wrong line to take. <laughs> yeah, Let me show you how not to do it, bro. Right, yeah, exactly. You were, you were the indicator. <laughs> exactly. What, was there any, um, with you guys both having kind of like a, a motorcycle background, were there any lessons that you learned on that side of things that sort of transferred over to the sport? Like maybe not necessarily the inputs that you're giving, but the maybe the mindset or just the, the body awareness that I you I think had. the biggest one for me and uh, it hit with my dive flow one with uh, Daniel Angulo who took me on dive flow one right before he threw his shoulder out or something and um, he kept hearing me oh you're a motorcycle guy okay cool you've heard slow is smooth smooth is fast I'm like yeah that's like racing 101 and mm-hmm. to me that was the biggest thing there is slow is smooth smooth is fast that really sunk in super quick and he knew and kept relating that you know there with me so um, that I think was the biggest one. And I've still even used it when I was coaching over and over again. You know I mean? Not everybody's heard it, but if I get somebody, Oh, you've raced cars, you've done this. You have, you ever heard this? Oh yeah, I've heard of that before. Like, okay, well this is kind of the same principle. Cause, um, that is the biggest thing is, you know, the faster you go on anything, you know, the slower you want it to feel to you. That way, you know, your reaction time is slow and calculated. Um, you know, it's like, I've had to tell people when I was coaching guys in, in the racing world, it was just kind of like, hey, if you would learn to slow down, you would go that much faster. And that's weird for somebody to kind of try to calculate and listen, but it's like if you're going so fast in one area, then you blow one section, 
it screws you up for the whole race. So it's like you've got to mm-hmm. be smooth and calculated through the entire thing. So I think that analogy was the biggest thing that translated to it uh, for me. Um, I was more the off-road racer. Um, so for me, I think the only other portion than that was just landing. You know, the ground coming at me was not something completely brand new to me. I was used to landing dirt bikes from the air. So to me, just that ground rush wasn't as spooky for me as, mm-hmm. you know, maybe somebody that's never jump stuff you know on a regular basis but yeah that's a really good point i never really thought yeah, about it like that, that like i remember in in uh ground school as soon as they brought up well it was plf then with the plr now right pl uh yeah but um yeah that was one thing there's like i, I know how to crash as i've been crashing <laughs> shit for years yeah that was that was my next I, question yeah. I'm like you probably took a couple of yep. spills and oh, you yeah. know how to like yeah. roll you out know how to just roll and and uh and most of my my racing career i i did pretty good about bouncing back off of things just from staying limber nice I'm gonna so, get you into some freestyle when you start uh <laughs> on those small canopies that's, that's all it is just falling down yeah just right to go out and fall down controlled yep. crash <laughs> yep. style yep yeah crash with style yeah that's the main thing <laughs> i see it <laughs> so i don't think we got to your uh your helmet choice when we were having the gear discussion okay yeah uh my personal helmet that i've had for the most part has been a ton flight um mm-hmm. mainly because i'm uh my melon is large, so in the old cookies, I could not, there was not a full-face helmet that fit, mm-hmm. literally, um, and um, the uh, so I tried a bunch of different options, and then I uh, bought my own Benny at first, because I knew I found one of them that would fit, and then uh, well, I ordered a custom Tonfly, because I'm like 62 and a half centimeters, and uh, that's what I've been jumping for the most part, open face. I like it, just because I can feel, hear the wind. Which Tonefly is it? Uh, I want to say it's been a while. 3X? Does okay. that sound right, maybe? They make a 3X. Uh, the 3X has the like the little mohawk part that articulates. No, okay. It's not that. It's just a round top. Speed. There you go. Speed X. I think it's a speed. But it speed. looks just like yeah. that without the little dome. Okay, cool. It's just a perfect you know round one or whatever, but the same you know uh, ear pieces or whatever on it. Uh, just a standard chin cup. Um, and uh, that's what I've used for the most part. Since I've been doing tandems, I wanted to have a full face. And thank goodness the G4... As uh, soon as they had come out, I was in the pro shop, and I think Jason Yee, I think, um, had just gotten a 2X G4 because it's not one they normally have in stock. And I heard uh, Vulcan say, hey, make sure you try it on because those fit a lot bigger than the G3s did. I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, he's like, oh, yeah, you couldn't even put the three on your head, right? I was like, no. Nah. So I was like, hey, Jason, you mind if I try it on? So I tried his on. At least then I knew, okay, I, I can get one of these at least on my head. So for tandems, I used the uh, G4. Nice, nice. Do you do you notice that you have a different experience of free fall with that uh, full face helmet? Yeah, it's totally quiet. I mean, it's I like I don't I definitely don't think I would like it just fun jumping, especially tracking or whatnot, because I do a lot by sound. <laughs> okay. Um, especially like even just belly jumps. I you know I a I know when I'm safe to throw throw my pilot shoot just by when that sound slows down. You know, I mean. <laughs> I've had some like, oh, this one's going to hurt, but, you know, just just by hearing it, you know, um, uh-huh. I think is the biggest thing that I like with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, plus it's cooler. You know, that other one's really hot. That G4 is super hot. And just uh, I only had a couple of weeks when it was still kind of warm. I appreciate it now that it's cold. But uh, when it's warm, man, that thing, it's it's hot. But uh, it's uh, it's certainly easier for tandems for sure. I just make the stupidest faces. In free fall, my face does the dumbest things. You can leave I, out free fall. <laughs> Sick burn. But um, <laughs> no, dude, I would love to fun jump in an open face helmet. But if I see myself on video doing that, I'm going to hate me forever. 
Well, that was the thing I mean, that I, I started using, especially when I was coaching, uh-huh. was I make faces at people on purpose. For fun. Yeah, yeah that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And it makes little, them little relax. communication yep, there, Yeah, it makes too, them relax sure. a whole lot. Um, uh, my favorite thing, like um, on our 20-way uh, team that I did with recent, Reese's Pieces there a couple of years ago, 2019, whatever it was, when we were tracking, um, any time I think I got Tony. Um uh, casino was on our 20 way and it was one we're tracking away and i'm just like come on look this door and he looks over that way and i just stick my tongue wide up and in the middle of the track <laughs> where just my cheeks everything fill up with air so i know it looks spectacular and i mean to me it's i just do it just for that reaction he was like man that was great just turn around in the middle of the track you just got your tongue out you're just mouth <laughs> like wide a dog open. in the wind yeah, yeah. absolutely but <laughs> but uh for people with uh when i've been coaching to me i've literally just felt people um during the COVID stuff when we were masking, I was just leaving it on for the most part and then put my chin cup over it and that was it. And I was realizing like, man, I was having a tough time getting people to relax, which normally I could pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then it dawned on me, it's like, well, they're not, they can't see my face. And so like, I, uh, I don't remember who it was, but I had somebody that was still just very tense. Uh, very overthinking still. And I'm like, okay. And normally you just get them to smile with you and free fall. They'll, they they fly so much better. I mean, it's so amazing what just them just taking a breath and relaxing what you can get out of them then. And to me, most of that time, just if I can do it with giving them a goofy face or like when, you know, I've botched an exit with guys before, you, you'll you get the best face out of me. I have a great time <laughs> when the exit goes to complete shit. You know, you'll have the, the mentees would just be in this panic like, oh, my God, you know, and I'm just over here laughing. You know, they're like. I just turned around thinking we just screwed up the exit and you're just over there having the time of your life. I'm like, because that's fun <laughs> shit, it, it man. Sounds I was like like, you're, it sounds like you're ready for that AFF. Yeah, course. I said the looks on their face is why I'm having so much fun because they're just in this, ah, like, why are you, like, upset? I was like, you know, it's the exit goes to shit, it goes to shit. Forget about it. Let's get on to the next step. But to me, just them getting seeing the smile and it's like, hey, we're, we should be having fun, right? I mean, I understand if you get upset because you wanted to perform or do this, but I'm not that that serious i can't take anything that serious i i like to have a good time and if we're not having fun why why do it i mean skydiving come on you know i mean uh with mentees a lot of them i think they would just feel like it's a performance like and if oh i have to do this like i i was that guy thought oh i have to do the perfect backflip like well no you don't you're just getting out of shape so you can write yourself you know i mean it's it's for different purposes and uh, I think even going into the mentor program, a lot of mentees would get that mentality of, oh, I have to do this. And, like, you don't have to do anything. I mean, the only thing you have to do is break away and get clean air away from everyone else. Whatever happens that first 50 seconds, who cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my mentality with it. I was like, yeah, let's learn to do it safer. But you shouldn't be stressed out about it. If the exit goes horrible, hey, smile, laugh about it. Let's go to the next part. You know, when they go, they get all tense, guess what? They just sink to the bottom like a sack of potatoes. And, you know, they just gave up on themselves just because they got over tense and just overthought five seconds of the skydive. But, yeah, that's, I think the biggest thing is having an open face. You you can express yourself if you want. And I've certainly used that because I know, I don't see it very often, but I know the reactions I get, it must look pretty funny. <laughs> because most people, they can go from a, this to like, <laughs> okay, that's goofy as shit. What the hell is this guy? Look at that. You know, so yeah, that's it awesome works, thing. I think. 
Yeah, the facial expression really makes a difference. I didn't really notice until, you know, COVID and masks were a mm-hmm. thing, but also people with tinted visors. Yep. You know, I just noticed myself not connecting with those people as much. That's, right. fun That's a struggle for sure. Yeah, because it's like, man, I don't know if they're having fun or not. Yep. <laughs> and I like having fun with people, kind of right. like what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, but I've, I've noticed that because that was always a big thing. And like motorcycle, I always had like the tinted visor. And somebody's like, are you going to put a tinted visor on your... Uh, on your helmet, I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. Because again, like I said, and I, I, I'm not, not that they, not a tandem person can't see my face, but, and not that the video really needs to. So it's like I have mixed opinions yeah, on it because it's supposed to be about them. The right? videographer so, sure appreciates yeah. that clear visor when you're giving yeah. an account. Yeah. yeah, to see your eyeballs, okay. to see your mouth, okay. to see the the intention. Yeah, I think it helps definitely. in the marketing side when a tandem student watches you skydiving with a stormtrooper. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but when they see the guy behind you having fun, yeah, you don't sure. steal the show, you don't take away, you yeah. make it about them. But okay. man, that they want to see you're having a good time. So for yeah. me, I'm an I'm a Huge advocate of being able to see the TI's face. Sunglasses, yep. I get, I'm okay with. Right. But see them smile. See them stick out their tongue like a dog in free fall, yep. man. That's, that's awesome stuff. Yep. Yeah, as, as a videographer, I also have that mentality of, of course, it is about the student. And right. the, the, the entire video is uh, surrounded or revolves around them, rather. But, man, when I see that TI having just as much fun as the student, like, right. it just it amplifies the experience, yep. I think. And like I think it does for... For that tandem student who's now watching their video too, like, okay, cool, this guy was at work, yes, but he had a lot of fun with me while yep. he was doing it, and I think that resonates. Th- with those with are some always the most relaxed and best performing tandem instructors as well. The ones with yeah. the smile and the door, the ones that you know are, are are having more fun than their than the stress that they're experiencing, even as right. a new tandem instructor. Yeah, man, that uh, that goes a long way with performance and I think enjoyment for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few of the uh, the folks. I guess the office that that prep the videos or however that I don't even know how that whole process really works. Where from the time you guys take them the memory cards and they spit it's out just the a magic video. trick that right. we disappear and movies there's, show up. There's doves in there. But, they kind of fly around. Yeah, and once they're I think it was it, it was Aaron. Aaron that was working the office. Garza, I think. Yeah, yeah Aaron. If I'm yep. saying the name. Um, he had said something. He brought video or whatever out, and he was asking me hey, how it was going because he knew I just went through the course. And he's like, "Man," he said, "Man, I tell you what," he said, "Man, I, I love watching all your videos just because, man, you're always smiling." He said, "I don't know, he's having more fun. You are the the passenger in front of you." I'm like, "Man, I my passenger in front of me, I tell every one of them, and I'm not joking. I scream in every one of them's ear. <laughs> yeah. I have so much fun just like you know screaming. He's like, hey, I want them to relax and scream there with it, but yeah. it's like." Uh, yeah, and it's like we were talking about earlier. I think that that energy is contagious. If yes. you're putting it out there, it's gonna it's gonna affect people in a positive way. Right. You know? And even if even if you're you know on the back of of your tandem student, and they can't necessarily see it. They can probably they can tell. You know, they can tell yeah. your demeanor before and after. And I think that really uh, has a has a positive effect on those students. Right. I think that's my favorite part is just not ha- knowing what's the worst part of my day. Even going into the days, okay, a the weather could be shit. I'll jump. Right. Okay, that sucks, but. You know, I have somebody gets sick. You know what I mean? I mean, but the the percentage of those is is way smaller than the positive sides of it. And so it's like, for me, the reality of it is still not settled in for me. I think I'm maybe two months in, maybe a little over a hundred tandems, and it's uh, it uh, I yeah, I I I, I hope it never wears off because I mean, to me, it's still I I still just chuckle. You know, with with any of them, I just I have fun. I see some of them kind of kicking or moving around, and it's like some of them. I, mean, I, I I go watch the videos. Sometimes I'm trying to put tune to like when I feel like a rock. I'm like, okay, what is that? And I, okay, it's their feet. They're down here doing this, but I couldn't quite see it. Uh, so I try to like go back and look and see some of those things. Just okay, what can I do to maybe prevent that if there is something I can do? You know, but 
Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I like it cause it's still a big learning process like everything else. And I just always said, I'm just a sponge. I'll soak in whatever I can. And you know, if I can give any of it back, that's where I just have fun with it. To me, it's, uh, I, I just can't see how anybody can have a bad day taking somebody for a skydive. To me, it's you take go take a hop in the real world again for a good bit and <laughs> yeah, see you what know, it's, see what it's really like at yeah. the at the old real job. Yep, I mean, like I said, my, my I was a service manager in a motorcycle business the past twelve to thirteen years, so I literally was dealing with everybody's stuff when it got broke, and they wanted a warranty company to fix it or somebody else to fix it other than them. When the reality was, they were the ones that normally broke it. <laughs> And so it's like, uh, you know, you got to pay for it. They're not super happy about that, and it's going to cost a lot of money. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was what I used to have to do on a daily basis. So, I mean, I, I'm that guy that was – I would take that stuff home to the way like, oh, God, I forgot I got to call this guy. I got to call this company. I got to call that. Uh, it Two weeks, I was in my course, besides still getting a random text about an old job that I'd started, I was still thinking, oh, man. Man, I, I don't need to think about that guy anymore. I mean, like, I still was, though. That was hard for me to, like, turn completely off. And now that I have, it's like I, I haven't, not in a bad way, but because now I don't have, like, what I used to call the daily baggage of stuff that comes back and forth. You know what I mean? Like, a job came in, it was there for a week or two. I'm dealing with this person, the warranty company, and all the other things on a daily basis, you know, from this guy being mad because it costs this much or getting this payment from this company, whatever the case might be, where now it's just, okay, well, how many jumps can we get today? You know, I mean, it's like my stress level has just, I mean, just disappeared. And that, to me, was the biggest thing that, you know, I knew going into it was something I wanted to a look forward to and just I was my biggest fear was okay if it doesn't financially make sense but now just being able to just let it set in and do just in the slow season I'm like oh yeah no this is this is totally doable like in a way that's just not now I'm just like chuckling even more like wow I love it when people say it how great is it having some cash tips in your pocket yeah I mean that's always good you know so crazy yep yeah it's pretty wild when I really didn't think about it too much until recently but you know, we we do pretty well with those cash tips. Yep. Like that really makes a difference. Yep. You know, and it, it feels cooler when it's, uh, you know, it is a gratuity. People are showing their uh, their gratitude. It just makes it feel a little sweeter. You yep. know. Oh yeah. Makes me feel like I'm doing something right yep. too. So yeah, I don't know. It's just cool having that little bit of yep. little bit of extra. I got a quick question on that. You guys recently, and it's been a little while now, started uh, uh, displaying digital formats like people's Venmo and I'm, PayPal. I'm, re- I'm revamping that tip board right. Uh, I was working on it today. How's that working? Like, are you guys seeing a lot of tips through digital uh, exchange? Um, I see a a handful of them for sure. Um, it absolutely works. It just is kind of hit or miss between because we have so many options um, at the drop zone. But I love the fact that that is also an option because especially with the with the younger crowd that mm-hmm. that tends to be what they flock towards. Like you know, yeah, Venmo, I need to get on Venmo, that too, PayPal, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I've been called out a few times. Like, oh, it's the new guy. He's not even on there. <laughs> oh, we'll get everybody on there this next week. Did uh, do we take a picture of you in your orange shirt? Yet? No, no, okay. I hadn't yet. I need to remember to do that. Let's That's, do it. Uh, uh, Saturday, right? Saturday's orange shirt day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. You can I can wear, bring one. Wear it every day if you. Yeah. Don't mind being stinky like me. I got a couple of them. <laughs> I got a short sleeve and a long sleeve, but then I got I, I got reprimanded by one of the coworkers on a Monday because I had, had it's not Saturday. Don't wear that orange shirt. It really? Was, oh, don't a, listen to that. Shit. It was in a jokingly manner, but it was funny. Yeah. 
I just laughed because I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, here you guys go. The, the corporate and the man thing, you know what I mean? I just, <laughs> it was a chuckle. It was a funny lunch conversation. So. Uh-huh. Man, if you would have seen the shirts we were wearing before we got those ones. Ooh, the, the yellow ones? Yeah. The neon Ooh. ones? I, I don't have one. I wasn't here then, but they're, I saw them. The mo- money can't buy happiness, right? <laughs> That's, That's the one. one, yeah. That's the one. Do you have any yeah. of those laying around? I might have one. We should, uh, we should bust those out on no, a Saturday. I, I think I, actually, I probably <laughs> threw it away with an immense level of joy. <laughs> yeah, the weight has been lifted. So, as how many how many jumps do you have now, Kevin? Uh, total about jumps eight fifty total. Okay, cool. Are you are you you have plans for that thousandth jump? You looking forward to it at all? I've never really, I've never tracked any like I I track log all my jump numbers, but I've never done like, never celebrated milestones. No, I mean. I really haven't. My 500 jump was I was on a coach jump, um, but uh, now I've I've just never really put that much thought. It's not really a big deal to me. Um, I was more concerned about just ratings uh, or licenses first, so I could then get the ratings. Um, but yeah, anytime I've come across like those big nine, I know some people like every 100 they got to do something. I just yeah, I'm, I can't do that. I'm not. I'm not. Obviously, a thousand's a bigger number, maybe, but. Um, yeah, I think you, you get to celebrate your license, obviously. Right. A hundred, five hundred, a thousand, five thousand. Yeah, you 10, get a big milestones right. for sure. That's it. Twenty years in the sport. I yeah, celebrate that one. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. for sure. I watched that video recently. Did you? Yeah. That was yeah. Fun. Uh, me, you, and Glenno, right? Yeah, 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 man. I forget why. Uh, man, I uh, I hate to cut it short, but we turn into pumpkins. It has actually mm-hmm. been two hours, if you can believe it or not. I, I don't, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, it probably has though. I, uh, Kevin, you couldn't have done, yeah, man. Everything I wanted to to kind of hear and and get the show to represent you did a great job. I love, and I hope people listen to this as an experience. What you brought to the table, your mindset as you approached just the working side of the sport. I need mm-hmm. to be financially prepared. Uh, I need to be happy. It's not necessarily about money. It's about right. enjoying life. And then, man. That should be in anything, I think. But Yeah. And then back to it, guys. You started doing this for a love and a passion of a sport. You started doing this for a love and a passion of sharing it with people. And I love seeing the energy that you're injecting into the community because I, I think our team overall in Houston does a good job with that. But I think it's always great to have that, that infectious uh, behavior. So Well, I appreciate being there for sure. Dude, thank you for being part of that. Thank you for being part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um Guys, what do you aim else got anything before I hit those funny buttons? Go skydiving. <laughs> Don't ever change, Kevin. You're awesome. Stay <laughs> the way you are. Kevin, anything else you want to tell your friends and family as we wrap this sucker up? I don't think so. Wife knows I love her, so I already already get, did my uh, cue points for her. Hey, <laughs> Nicole. Thanks, guys. Hey. We love you, Hey, too. Nicole. How you doing? <laughs> Yo, guys and gals, Greg Lab Radio. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. We will be back sometime soon. See you later. Peace out. He just turned me back on, I know, because I heard my whiskers against the uh, microphone here.